Well, I may need to go on a short rant about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but here we are, talking gibberish, aren't we, Dom? Yeah, we're back after a slight delay due to illness, and I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be totally honest with the, with the listeners, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I missed a bus. <laughs> I didn't know what happened, you said, I totally, like, you like, he texted me, and I was like, are you still coming up? You go, kind of forgot. <laughs> I didn't realize you'd fallen asleep as well. I kind of... No, I feel totally bad about agree. it now. No, I like don't because it was one of those times. You know when you're ill or you've like, you've got a bit of a sore throat, a bit of a cough. You're just thinking it hurts to breathe. I'm just going to lie here and just. I'm just going to take five. Wait for the wait for the antibodies kicking. I'm going to take five and do nothing. I fell asleep halfway through season four of How I Met Your Mother. I woke up at the start of season five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I slept through about six episodes of. You might have slept through the good part. <laughs> I have some thoughts on how I met your mother going back for a rewatch. Not aged well, has it's it? Not aged well, and Ted Mosby might be a criminal. Yeah. The amount of marriages he's broken up, the amount of horrible shit he's done. Barney Stinson seems like a fucking god compared to Ted Mosby. Ted Mosby might be the biggest dick in that show, with the exception of Lily. She is a fucking nightmare from episode one to episode finale. But the thing is, with Barney and Lily, you know. Yeah. Barney is pegged as a sociopath. Yeah. Lily is deemed as being the quite tiny one who is also a fucking monstrosity yeah. from the depths of hell. Those two characters are played in that way and everyone knows. With Ted, he's just the average guy. Yeah. He just try, he's trying to find love in New York. He's just a nice yeah. guy. Oh, he's a piece of shit when oh, you think about destiny. it. The amount of times when you're watching it, he's just, oh, he's just trying to find the one. But in the process of finding the one, he broke up two marriages. Yeah. Uh, tried to convince a couple other people to leave their fiancés and what have you. Uh, tried to make it rain at one point. That was the only funny one. Because when you're watching it, like he tried to break up a, a couple by making it rain, literally, through a rain, an Indian rain dance or something. It's just, yeah, Ted Ted Mosby's not a not a good guy. Yeah. He might, in fact, be the gibberish dick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Ted Mosby. Frankly, a well-deserved fuck you, if I may say so. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm probably going to finish watching it just to, just to round it out. But then I remembered the ending on the way up here. And I don't know if I want to sit through that again. I cannot explain. I mean, I, we weren't podcasting at the time when the show finished. I think we hadn't even started on season zero. Yeah, I think it finished 2014, maybe tail end or the very beginning of 2015. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm willing to say that the ending of How I Met Your Mother is one of those things that because no one else was watching the show, I couldn't talk to somebody about it. And when yeah. I, nobody else can, you can't really talk to people about things that end and you're like it's been a big part of your life for the last like six years because i think we started watching about season three so yeah. i think that's when i picked it up anyway and that was when it was coming out week to week and we'd tune in to watch this week but it was such a big part of life and then it ends and you're annoyed yeah. dissatisfied with how it all was pulled off and you're just kind of left wanting to talk about stuff so i think the ending of how it was so annoying it oh, might yeah. have started gibberish for me anyway it was one of those things <laughs> that's like I need to, like, if I finish a show this bad, I need to let it out. I can't oh, have yeah. that sitting on my stomach anymore. Definitely. The, Too bile. <laughs> the way I see the ending, the How I Met Your Mother, it's just the the writers had this core idea. They just think, right, this is the this is the, the soul, the crux, the fulcrum upon which the show stands. Mm. And it's this whole idea of Ted and Robin. Yeah. The more grown-up thing to do, and I kind of think which would have been the better ending, is like do the happy Scooby Doo ending. Don't kill off the the mother. Let let Ted find, you know, that one. Find the one that's been the whole point of the fucking story. Yeah. 
like don't let Robin because they kind of they put Robin through the ringer at one point. Like she has a couple of food relationships. She's barren. She can't have kids. And like that's yeah. a bit harsh. That was unnecessary. And she was with the guy. She's like, this might be the one yeah. when she finds out that like she these can't two have kids. dysfunctional people. And it's oh wait, the, the wedding, the relationship is now ended because Ted and Robin. Like, yeah. I would genuinely love to sit in on the meetings with like the writing staff and just ask them why did they go with that ending. Yeah. At what point do you say, I mean, putting Barney and Robin together, I mean, it's a weird one, but I, you can see how yeah, it kind of falls yeah, into You get the place. kind of broken half people and together that like, they, uh, they make, it makes a functioning other, person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at one point Barney does say, Robin, you make me a better person. Yeah. You, you, you know, I, I'm not great. I have a lot of flaws. Oh yeah. But at the same time, I'm really glad that I was with you for a while and I want to keep yeah. going with that. And it, it makes sense in a way. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. And it's, the fact that they took, for me, it was the fact they used a season to do a wedding. Yeah. So it was one season became uh, The whole of season weekend. nine is just Barney and Robin's wedding. Yeah. And then the last two episodes are, fuck it, here's like the next 15 years for the gang. Yeah. Which was a shame because they keep flashing forward to that when it's randomly convenient to like make jokes. But uh, I think at one point Marshall's a judge. Yeah, Marshall Almost becomes a Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Yeah. No, he becomes a Supreme Court judge because he goes a regular New York Judiciary Board judge. Then jumps up to the Supreme Court judge. Yeah. So he has like that, and that's kind of funny. And then you get to see uh, what I think of as being Lily as Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she with does the have the Clinton suit. haircut, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we have that, and you're like, okay, that's funny, but where does everyone else go? Like, Barney obviously can't still be Barney in 20, 30 years, or can he? Yeah. So you get those, but then you you just have to watch them force this, like, you know, it, it's, like a, it's like a meat grinder. You just oh, watch yeah. them just like force this thing out and like go, well, we've chucked enough meat in, surely here comes the sausage. Yeah, surely the the desirable end, the desirable product comes out at the end. But No, it was d- yeah. d- disappointing. Again, if somehow I could go back in time and rewrite that last season, I'd cut the wedding down to maybe four episodes. Then show them the kind Even of Even just a half season. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, what's the average length of a season of How I Met Your Mother? About 12. Like 22. 22 episodes. Cut it's an that. American sitcom. It yeah. was tw- an old American sitcom. Yeah. I'd say cut that back to 16, make the first six the wedding, just if you really wanted to stretch it out. Yeah. Get the wedding over and done with. Because there's some episodes in that you're just thinking, right, they were really stretching ideas. Mm-hmm. Then have the last 10, the back 10, just be all about, this is how we're going to end it. Instead yeah. of just showing it, it's like, oh, here's what uh, Tracy, uh, the, the mother's name is. In yeah, fact, no, I think she I might think... actually just be called the mother throughout the whole thing. So like, here's the mother, here's them growing up and growing old. Which, when you think about it, it's kind of really, really fucked up. If you remember that the whole context of the story is, I'm telling my kids how I met the mother. Yeah. And then he just refers to her as the mother. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of weird things about that show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Ted's primary uh, rival in the thing is Barney. Yeah. How much of it, how much of it, you actually think, if this was a real story, if someone's telling you a story, it's like, oh, you didn't like this guy Barney, he was after your girlfriend. How much of it is just you expanding, exaggerating the truth? Like maybe he's just a really nice guy, and you're just painting him to be a sociopath. I never thought of that. What if Barney's? What if Barney's just a really good guy? Yeah, Barney was an okay guy. Like, yeah. not the best, but he didn't break up yeah, six was, marriages or whatever. Yeah, he was a bit promiscuous. Yeah. Maybe he just yeah, he fucked around a bit. Why not? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's twenty and single in New York. Why not? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, never actually thought the idea that Barney wasn't the worst person on the planet. It just that Ted thinks that he might. Yeah, that's a really and obviously as well, he's telling the story from the perspective of after their marriage ends, he goes after Robin. Yeah. So 
Hmm. Exactly. That's that's now going to fuck up whenever I inevitably rewatch How I Met Your Mother. Oh, it, it got me. That's what kind of spurred it on for this rewatch. Not because I'm in that kind of lull where there's not much good coming out. I'm kind of trying to hurry through the rest of the seasons mm-hmm. just so that I can watch The Dirt, the Motley Crue uh, movie. Oh, right. yeah, so yeah, I'm I saw that. Fucking huge, huge fan of Motley Crue. And uh, the people who they've got playing the uh, the uh, the band genuinely look and act scarily like them. Like mm. they've got the guy that played Ramsay Bolton in Game of Thrones playing the bassist Mick Mars, <laughs> and it's fucking scary. It's really really cool. And they've got Machine Gun Kelly playing uh, Nicky Six. Is that him? Yeah, that's Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Shit, son. He he must have watched video after video because he gets all his mannerisms down. When obviously the whole story of Nicky Six is he was hugely addicted to heroin. When he's on heroin, he gets all the little mannerisms and stuff down. It is scary. It's, it's that kind of phenomenon where you see that person isn't acting as that character. They are that character for that movie. Hmm. It's really fucking good. From what I've seen in the little clips, because I've seen clips here and there, I've not watched the full thing. And from people that I, that I know that I've watched it, they've said it's scary. The trailer for it was phenomenal. I, I was watching it a couple of days ago. It made me go listen to Motley Crue again. I was like, yeah, here we go. It, we made me, it made me dig out the videos that I took when I went to see Motley Crue live in 2009. Yeah. It was so fucking good. Yeah. I might dig out the book because it's based on the book The Dirt the stories in Motley Crue mm. really great book really kind of paints these guys as just like we had a sound we didn't know what we were doing with it we just started making music that we wanted to then all of a sudden people liked it then just money came our way then we were like oh yeah let's let's fucking party and then the story of Motley Crue unfold yeah I, uh, I want to see that because if you think about it Who's going to have a better story? And I really think that this will be pitched as the uh, kind of nemesis for Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Where this Bohemian is Rhapsody's this, like a super polished, like PG, like 13 yeah. watered down version of Queen's Life. And Queen's Life is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's yeah. like, it is a story. If you told it in full, you'd be dumbstruck. Yeah. You'd be, aw- you'd be a dumbstruck just because of what happened in there. Motley Crue, the dirt because it's not being put forward for Oscar nominations and it's because it's just going to be a fun film chucked up on Netflix yeah. is going to be way way like more it's in a way yeah. like, you don't want to say it's going to be greater it's going to be darker it might be at some points yeah. but it's going to feel more than if, Bohemian Rhapsody from what I've been told it goes into areas that I'm pretty sure that the actual band members wouldn't like it to go but oh. at the same time they put it in the book they're happy for people to say, this is what we used to, we cleaned up after this. This is what yeah. caused us to get better. Oh, so it's, it's moments of shame. For yeah, there's, yeah. I, that's why I think it's, like I, you kind of hit the nail on the head there saying, we've got Bohemian Rhapsody, which is this highly polished, highly, almost what I can say, over-manufactured product. Because mm. it's been, like, let's not show them the bad things. Let's show them what Queen was like when it's good. And that's, if you want to tell a, a biopic, I think you need to do it warts and all. And I think yeah. that's where the dirt is going to have the one up over Bohemian Rhapsody because they're telling the full story. Yeah. The shames, the you know, the overdoses, the, I mean, I think uh, Vince Neil was put in fucking prison and then when he's, uh, when he, he was in prison, his child died and he had to figure that out through sort of letters and proxies and stuff. I'd rather see that story and see like, the kind of effects of that rather than see Rami Malek with horrible teeth prosthetics <laughs> in. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, like, I've always liked the band Queen because, I mean, like when you were younger it's like oh, you this can't is, have this a British passport if you don't like Queen yeah I mean everyone's seen Wayne's World everyone's seen uh, Flash Gordon in my house it was always just like this is rock this is British rock yeah then you're like oh you like metal this is Motley Crue and then you're like oh shit yeah. so obviously I'm going to prefer one of the other but I think even 
Like just from a movie standpoint, the dirt's going to be a better movie. Yeah. I uh, I recently was at my uh, grandfather's ninetieth birthday party, and there was a Freddie Mercury like special on for mm. like one of the music channels, and they had it on the other room. And my younger cousins, who are like young little girls, don't know anything about like rock music. They're way more into pop and stuff like that. Um, or maybe even like slightly more classical music occasionally. They uh they chucked on. They're like, "Who's this guy? Like, why why is there?" It, it was the it was the uh, the Live Aid show. Mm. So it's like the, an entire arena of people like screaming for this one guy. And they're like, "Who is this guy?" And I'm like, "That is Freddie Mercury." Yeah. My mum just went off and she's like. You girls are in for a fucking treat. Yeah. And she just goes out and starts dishing all these things about, like, this is what it was like, and this is who he was, and this is how, like, we all saw him at the time, because she was young at the time of Fred America. She was about their age, mm. time you started hearing about this weird band from England. And it was really, really cool to see, like, them go, oh, and then just started to get really interested. I mean, I'm just, I walked through, I was like, if you guys like this, you should just go listen to them, because there's albums out there that just. Yeah dwarf anything that's been made in the last five ten years so go for it yeah I, even like you tend to think that the greatest hits uh, album is going to be the sort of the shitter album compared to something that's new like, yeah. a compilation is always going to be lesser than that of a just a whole album of new songs but i would genuinely take queen's greatest hits album from yonks ago compared yeah. to any new shit that's come out now yeah I, I think we we said that for i think it was the the slipknot antennas to hell yeah. You want to talk about a great, greatest hits album. Yeah. Like, there's some bands out there who just have a solid album of their greatest hits. That's, it, it takes time. you got to, like, build this up, and Antennas to Hell is a great example of that. Mm. Oh, did you hear that uh, Slipknot's going to lose another member? Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris yeah. Fenn. Fenn? Yes, I'll just say yes to that. Yeah, right. F-E-H-N. Did you read the band's statement about the whole thing? I didn't read the band's statement. I spoke to... I didn't read the. I didn't read into it because this has been just a nightmare for me over the past couple of weeks. But uh, I remember I was told that he is leaving the band due to royalties or some kind of money. Well, He's been deprived, the... his, uh, deprived certain benefits from... Or proceeds from a... From something. Well, there's, there's a weird thing of... Some people seem to be putting that out there that that's why he was left. And then there's some people saying, actually, that's what he's telling you. In actuality, he left for another reason. Mm. We're not going to discuss it. But, and it almost, like, this is almost the quote from the statement. He knows what he did. Right. <laughs> and he's leaving and you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> did he? It sounds like he pissed on the floor. <laughs> what did he, like, who, who did he fuck? You either have to, to get the... He knows what he did. Yeah. You have to fuck somebody, stab somebody, or just steal a shit ton of cocaine. Yeah. That's from Slipknot. That's the only yeah. way you can get kicked out of there. I assume... That, I mean, it's it's a brotherhood, and I do like the the way it's been discussed now, is that Slipknot is an artistic project that these guys embark upon every couple of years yeah. to kind of get stuff out. And the same way we talk about, like, we need to get shit off our chest. We watch bad TV. That's why we do this podcast. Yeah. Slipknot need to get stuff off their chest. That's why they put on the masks, they put on the suits, and they go fucking nuts. And it's an artistic event for these guys. So to kick someone out of that, and then say, he knows what he did. What did you do? Maybe he went the other way. Maybe he did something incredibly nice that just violates the band's core premise. He just gets like a tattoo of a puppy. <laughs> he gets like, a tattoo that says, I love you, mum. <laughs> in, like in the fanciest lettering possible with a rainbow going through it. It's just a heart with mum written on it. <laughs> no, 
Not even like a, a sailor tattoo when it's all haggard and hand drawn. It's just no, this is ornate and beautiful calligraphy mum going through it. We don't condone that as Slipknot. We threw him out. He knows what he did. <laughs> that, frankly, will be the best explanation we will get because this is one of those things it's stuck behind legalese now because apparently there's there may be some lawyers involved because, as you say, it's a settlement. It's to do with kicking somebody out of a, a band which is effectively a contract or a performance group mm. so they're you're gonna end up with some serious issues when somebody starts throwing lawyers around the music and uh, the music industry. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be one. I actually meant to start by just having a mini rant about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Rant away. Because this is one of my favorite shows. And after How I Met Your Mother, I watched Community. Okay. After I watched Community, turns out Community is not on either Amazon Prime or Netflix. I will need to borrow the DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> you got those wrecked DVDs back? Oh yeah, do I actually do them in my bag? Nice. I brought them, brought them along. I think I gave you Didn't those about them. three years. God damn! It. <laughs> <laughs> Did not watch them. This is the, the joy of giving people DVDs and stuff because, like, they never like I. I had borrowed a set of uh, Breaking Bad uh, DVDs a couple of years ago. Didn't watch it for long. I didn't even watch it. I don't think I've still not seen it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Breaking Bad starts off great, mm-hmm. but it gets a slog like because he doesn't become Heisenberg proper until about season four yeah. and it's what see there's only about seven or eight seasons yeah. maybe I think uh, seven or eight sounds about right but I went How I Met Your Mother Community and then search for a long time find something that hit that sweet spot yeah that sweet spot was hit by Brooklyn Nine-Nine now it's a very PC show in a way but it's still funny and that's a very hard thing to like it's a very hard balance to find of being politically correct and positive and um, interesting, hmm. but at the same time not being cheesy and melodramatic and just way too simple to hmm. be enjoyable and for more than like five seconds. But this is a show you can go back and watch again and again and again. And that comes from the fact that the characters are well written. Yeah. And some of them are the others, dumb characters or smart characters, but they all play off of one another yeah. in a good way. This seems like, and I'm going to borrow the phrase from the community season four, mm-hmm. uh, the gas leak year. The gas leak year. They literally, because they, Dan Harmon got kicked off after, for a season, and then when other people were writing it, the characters didn't act the same way you would expect them to act. Mm-hmm. So they blamed it on there being a gas leak, which made everyone stupid. <laughs> <laughs> as far as plot devices go, that is beautiful <laughs> yes and in a very spiteful way it's very dan Harmon. like it's it fits with his way of looking at a show i'm gonna borrow that terminology when referring to uh, brooklyn 99's sixth season has there been a change in writer didn't they jump from they moved AB? from fox to nbc nbc and i just oh no it's cbs i think is it nbc i'm trying to remember no it's it's nbc yeah i think it's that because if it was on CBS, you'd see a lot more of them on, like, uh, Stephen Colbert. Hmm. They'd be showing up every week to just pop in and have a chat. And while we're at it, watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know who transferred over, who didn't make the jump. Maybe there's some people who were incredibly loyal to Fox and stayed with those guys to write whatever sitcom they're working on there. Um, Maybe they went to work on The Simpsons. (laughs) Give them a little boost, because fuck me, do you think they're going to need it if they're going to tackle esports? Um... Yeah, we'll get back to that. Um, But for some reason, I just don't think... I think everyone has taken a massive hit. I think everyone is out operating. All the characters are now about 30 IQ points lower. 
So the characters who were smart are now kind of average and are kind of not being as witty and sharp as they could be, like Captain Holt. Yeah. Incredibly smart character, very well written. Black gay police officer who was going to be the commissioner, but lost basically political sabotage. Interesting character. Really well done. Made amazing by uh, Andrew Bauer. Bauer, Andre yeah. Bauer. Andre Bauer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, Detective Santiago. Now, Sergeant Santiago has totally lost all the stuff that made her the best detective. I honestly don't think either of those characters are as sharp as they were previous seasons. Mm. Terry Cruz's character, Sergeant Jeffords, is basically retarded at this point. There's no way about it. You can't avoid the fact he has just completely devolved from being like the muscly man with the heart of gold to me big man lift heavy thing. Nah, that's it. He just has rage and lifting heavy things. There's no heart to him anymore. I don't know where it's gone. So he's been a very let down character this year. So him, Peralta, is one of the dumber characters. The two kind of butt of the joke characters. Uh, what's the name again? Uh, fuck. I've forgotten their names. <laughs> I, I don't want to put going Oh, no. And that's really fucking me. I'm like, I should know these names. Technical interlude time. <laughs> and obviously, right now, the names escape me. But they've been there since season one. And they've always been the butt of the joke in a decent way. I'm going to hazard a guess and say that it's Andy Samberg's character and somebody else. No, it's two uh, bigger, older guys. Like right. they just they're 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 riding the desk till the end. Like oh, right. it's they're just seeing it retirement. They're clocking out in a couple of years' time. Might as well just keep getting a paycheck while we're at it. Yeah. So they've been just duties, and it's clear that they've gone mad. Like they're not sane anymore. And for the last couple of seasons, they've been getting worse and worse, and it's been funnier and funnier mm. to the point where we're starting to use like words you kind of think they don't understand. Like at one point they have an argument, and one of them calls the other one a cuck. I got. I don't think those characters know those words. <laughs> Do you know what that means? <laughs> I don't know where they picked that from, but it's kind of one of those things of it's obvious they've picked that up from somewhere and because they're basically adult children, mm-hmm. they don't know what they're talking about. So they kind of make it up as they go along and just act like children. So when those characters come back, um, you have, like, when it's now in this new season, they're beyond dumb now. They're beyond infantilization. They're just thick. There's nothing going on. There's nothing. Even they had moments of like wit and like accidental wit. It's all gone. I don't know what's happened. It's nuts. But if, if you're watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine sixth season, let me know. Because I can't figure out what the hell is going on. Do you think it's like what they did with um, certain characters and the likes of the Simpsons in the later seasons? They, they kind of dumbed down the whole we're going to tackle an issue in this mm. and we're just going to make funny fart jokes. Yeah. Same in um, Futurama when they jumped from Fox to Comedy Central. You could tell there was a definite like shift. All oh, right, yeah. Because Fox, again, every episode had a theme. Or every like every episode had a kind of theme, but more often than not, it was just comedy. Yeah. And Comedy Central, they went the other way. Every episode has a definite theme that tackles a certain subject. Yeah, comedy kind of takes a back foot because the ending to Futurama eh, I can't remember what season I think, I think it may be season 8 or season 9 not season 8 eh, I've, I haven't watched it 
in a while, but I remember watching it the first time and talking to a couple of friends and they said, oh, that genuinely made me cry. How it ends, I was like, I don't want Futurama to make me cry, damn it. Yeah, that's want, not what I'm here for. I want to make Futurama, want Futurama to make me laugh. So I think there's always there's always the risk that when it jumps from one group of writers to another, there's always going to be like there's always going to be people that say, "No, I always viewed this character as this way." So they're going to take say a who was that Sergeant Detective Holt or something Detective Captain Ray Holt. Yeah, they're going to take him like oh, he's going to be smart. Let's just bring him down a bit. Let's make him more accessible. Yeah, which I think is always the death of like, the death of an idea because. Dumbing down characters never works in my opinion. Yeah. Only just, it ruins it in my opinion. The characters I can think of were Scully and Hitchcock. Scully and Hitchcock. Who are, like, classic old school comedy characters, and then in the new season are just sludge. They're just there to, like, have shit thrown at them, in a way. But, I mean, if you want to talk about, as an example, like, the, the show has great moments of heart, and um, one of them has been uh, the fact that one of the detectives, one of the girls... Uh, was bisexual, mm-hmm. but she's a very tight-lipped person. Her dad is played by Danny Trail, <laughs> so it's a very strict Catholic upbringing. Yeah, yeah. So her being bisexual would be a bit of an issue, and that is a great way of, although it's left-leaning, they've had a great way of expressing this character's um, journey whilst being a comedy and being sincere, whether it being like all rainbows and parades, and but at the same time, like it's not sinister, like when she comes out to her parents, her mum really struggles with it, but her dad's there like, you know, little girl. Yeah. It's sincere in a way that, you you know, you don't normally see on a lot of comedies. But I mean, like the character interactions, to show you like how deep they actually were, because uh, Captain Holt is openly gay, mm. he congratulates her and she's like, why are you congratulating me? Like, I'm just being mean. He's like, yeah, but you're finally being the real you. And whenever somebody gets to be the real them and say who they really are, the, the world becomes a better place. You're like, oh, that's nice. That's, it's like, that's the nicest thing that somebody's made in a sitcom about yeah. gay characters. Some people are like, oh, it's like the representation. Like, they don't need, don't need to do that in a sitcom. It's kind of nice they did that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Danny Trejo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you said Danny Segway, Trejo. Segway, here we go. Uh, I didn't actually know this until I went wandering on Instagram during a very, very, very boring lecture. But uh, apparently there's going to be a live-action Dora the Explorer movie. <laughs> and Danny Trejo is playing the monkey. Okay. Uh, monkey, there's... Uh, the character's called Swiper, I always assumed it was Yeah, a Swiper, no swiping. Yeah, I always assumed that was a monkey, <laughs> but yeah, apparently that's going to be Danny Trejo. I mean, it makes sense. I've, I've did hear there being a live-action Dora movie, and I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll come back to it whenever. But, okay, I've never seen an episode of the, the animated show. Um, I kind of don't know where they're going to go with that. But, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not get Danny Trejo in there? Fuck it. That guy will do anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I... If you're, if you're still watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 6, please let me know, because I don't know how to keep going with it. I'm, like, 12 episodes in, and I'm like, when does it get to end? When can I stop watching <laughs> when this? When does it stop? And that's the thing is, the, the friend who introduced me to it is like, I don't know if I like it either. We're just kind of looking for a bit more of a kind of validation of, is it okay that we don't like it? I feel like we should always like it regardless of how good it is. See, just talking about that, I always kind of hated that thing. Like when people say, oh, you have, if you like something, that's it. Like you like it all the way through. If you watch a, if you started watching something, you, you can honor bound to 
watch it all the way through. But I kind of, I've kind of, I like to cherry pick what I like him, like especially in a show. I like to kind of cherry pick seasons. Yeah. Prime example: Black Mirror. First two seasons, fucking brilliant, fantastic. Uh, I'm probably would quite catch a little, uh, catch quite a lot of flack for this if I said it in public, but they're not as Americanized as the last two seasons, seasons three and four. You could tell that when it switched from being Channel Four with Charlie mm. Brooker and his writer writing it. First two seasons are very kind of grounded. You always kind of there was a clear like A B C point. Yeah. Then you flash forward to the Americans and the, the American writing with Netflix. It was more of a let's try and catch the viewers. Let's not make it obvious. Like, well, the whole point of Black Mirror is like, like sub, obviously you subvert expectations, but you always want a clear message at the end. Mm-hmm. You always want to subvert. Like people are going to think this is going to happen. Let's do that, but let's do it in a different way. Yeah. Like the prime example was uh, the episode. Uh, the horror game episode with uh, Wyatt Russell. All right, yeah, I know which one you're on about. And uh, he goes into some VR game, and it's just like, where does the, the whole point of it is? Like, where does the game end? Like, when do you stop, or when's a good point to just, you know, give up on the game? Like, put the game down and just go back into reality. When do you for a tap while. out and come yeah. back and step uh, away from the game? And the whole point and the thing is, when he enters virtual reality, it puts him through so many layers. Eventually, he thinks he's dead, but he's really, or he thinks he's alive in real life. But in the game, he's dead. Or in the game, he's alive only. But in real life, he's dead and he's just been kept alive. And it's all just come big, some kind of big simulation. Like, right, okay, I get that. But then they lead into another point towards the end of it. Like, but you already had the clear message. Yeah, that, that would have been you a great need to go beyond. point. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird one because, again, you talk about cherry picking. There's still really great episodes in there. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the uh, like the social ranking episode. Mm. Um, that and the the dating one for some reason is quite good. I quite like that just because you know if you've spent more than five minutes on Tinder, it's like yeah, I, this does get monotonous. <laughs> and yeah, I do feel like there's something going on here that doesn't quite you know, you know something's a bit wrong. You know, but <laughs> something something seems wrong about it, other other than just you know just judging people by their face and going yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Yeah, you know. I have. I will tell you my the only story that I have from Tinder before I deleted the app. <laughs> uh, I was just, you know, swiping through, seeing what ladies were available, and I seen someone that we used to go to school with, uh-huh. and I thought, what could happen? She maybe like the worst. What, what could be happens? So I swipe, whatever direction it is, to say, okay, I'm interested. I got a message back just saying, are you, you know, Dom Anderson from a uh, bonus academy? You would have graduated in 2009. I went, yeah, that's me. I suddenly got a message back. I thought you died, <laughs> <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> you know, yeah, genuinely, I, I thought it, in a Around about uh, fifth year, there was a story going around. Apparently, you got hit by a bus when you were on holiday. I went, no, I can't remember that at all. <laughs> Turns out, what happened was someone else that we used to hang about with broke his arm when he wasn't paying attention crossing the road. A bus came past. The wing mirror clipped him and broke it. Like, the wing mirror hit his shoulder, and like, I think he just he broke his collarbone. Right. And folk were and someone said, "Huh, if only it would be if he died." And that got out and. It, and change from, from you being that dead. person broke an arm to that person is now hospitalized to that person died to then it got flipped onto me. <laughs> I just kind of thought there's so many questions I want to ask, but no, I ended up just deleting the whole app. I was like, well, if people think I'm dead and that's the only response I've had, fuck this up. <laughs> but genuinely, it was thought you were dead, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're quite in, we're quite done with this for today. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. Delete this. I shall meet 
women like a normal man, I will hang about in pubs. Yeah. And get nowhere. So lonely. <laughs> and the dark twists continue. <laughs> that was the end of our Black Mirror episode. Yeah. <laughs> Still haven't watched Bandersnatch and I have no fucking interest in watching Bandersnatch. Didn't uh, you watch it? I was gonna, and I really meant to do that, and I kept <laughs> saying I was gonna do that, and then I didn't. So that was my that was my experience with Bandersnatch. And by the by, the, one of the things about that was being there for the hype. I don't know how good it's gonna be now hmm. that it's all over and done with. Like I'm sure at this point now, somebody has plotted out every possible ending, even yeah. for the stuff that the director was like, "You'll never find it." Yeah. I think somebody found it, mate. I'm I'm sorry, you really are doubting the power of the internet here, and that's a big mistake to make. Um, But I really think that at some point, somebody has logged it all, and at this point, if I turn and say, I just watched Bandersnatch, the top response is going to be, really, like a year later, you just got (laughs) round to it. Didn't only come out the start of this year? No, I think... December last year? Please tell me it's not been that long, because otherwise I'm really going to feel some time distortion here. I have no idea. I, I, genuinely, I, I think it might have been December last year because people were people were ripping their head off it, just going, "Oh, there's going to be a Black Mirror movie," and I'm like, "It's not going to be as satisfying as you think it is." Because that was back when I was doing my, I was doing some RPGs, some D and D. Yeah, the, initial release twenty eighth December twenty eighteen. Jesus, no way. That's only three months ago. <laughs> Fuck. How how is my my brain that distorted? How have I just skipped January? I mean, to be fair, I think most people post the age of 18 just manage to kind of... Because there's that phenomenon that time feels like it goes quicker when you're older. Yeah. Because you've got more stuff to do in the day or you don't just have enough free time. Everything's kind of time allotted. Yeah. There's a theory as well that it's also... It's based on the fact that each day is a a smaller percentage of your life the older you get. All right. So your brain doesn't think about it as much. All right. Whereas with when you were a kid... You've only lived for like five, six years. One day is, I don't know, like maybe about half a, no, not half a percent, point two of a percent. Yeah. Now we're at what, like point zero 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 one percent for a whole day? Yeah, something like that. Who gives a shit? I always thought it was more of the idea that when you're younger, you just, you just, you do whatever the hell you want. I mean, sure, you'd go to school, but you'd be home by three o'clock, then you'd be out and doing whatever the hell you want. You just had more free time, but as, as you get older, you just think, right, I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to go and do that, and I'm going to like, have dinner, then I'm going to go back to doing this, this, and this. There's just more things start to fill your day. Yeah. But, yeah. I suppose you're more in the moment when you're a child, and it's, yeah. you take more in, and you're learning constantly, so you're, you're, you're open mentally to this idea, whereas now we just kind of wake up, clock in at work, go do the thing, come back home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Play video games for eight hours straight, then wonder why you have no time. Yeah, I did that actually yeah. the last couple of days. Way, playing, way too yeah. much of that. Playing. And I know for a fact I'm going to be doing that tomorrow because the Mortal Kombat beta goes live. Ooh. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing uh, the Division 2. and uh, I've not heard good things. I love it. Really? I love it. I nice. really, this is my jam. <laughs> it's it's a weird one because I find myself disagreeing with a few points from reviewers because they say it's hard. And I'm like, nah, it's not hard. No, you need to play with other people. Because you just can't beat the game playing solo. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm playing exclusively solo. Even though I, I actually started the uh, Rusty Scott's uh, like clan on there. Mm. I'm like, I'm still going to play mostly solo because I love the fact that it is it is hard, it is challenging, mm-hmm. but it's it's challenging in an overcomable way. Let's say Dark Souls. 
I'm not like in a way that yes, dodge rolling and stuff like that makes it like a meme of ha the Dark Souls of shooting people in the face. Hmm. It does feel like the the pacing and the challenging has been set to such a place where you need to be on your shit. Yeah. Which if you think about the idea that you're basically fighting a city that's struggling to survive. Yeah, I would probably need to be on my top shit. Yeah, you need, you need to be on point. I kind of feel like that's the same way with uh, Monster Hunter World. People mm. always say, oh, you need to get a you need to get a good group of people going to play that game. Bullshit. I've finished damn near every Monster Hunter game that I've had, that I've bought, including World, without any party. I've just done it all myself. Mm. Mainly because it's quite hard to get a decent party going on Monster Hunter because people are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> people suck. <laughs> People steal the best loot. It's not the case that people steal the best loot. It's just you can't coordinate with people when there's no voice chat. Ah. There's voice chat on the, like the PlayStation ones, but on the Switch and on the 3DS and stuff, there was no voice chat. Yeah. So you just, had, you just had to rely on vibes that you were sending out, just like, dude, stop shooting the ground for no fucking reason <laughs> and shoot the giant fucking dragon. I, uh, I How d- can you miss the giant? Fuck it, right, anyway. <laughs> Right there, uh, it's, it's a giant red fire-breathing dragon. Shoot the fucking thing instead of shooting yeah. me. Yeah, but I was watching um, Jim Sterling's first impressions of it, and he was complaining about the fact that it's, it's very grey and dreary, and nothing's exciting or pops out at you. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry you can't dual wield dildos. That'd be fucking brilliant. I'd be playing that game too if I could. <laughs> but remember, this is Tom Clancy's The Division. This is a Tom Clancy game, okay? We are ex- There's some people who wake up in the morning thinking, you know what, it'd be funny to shoot a terrorist in the face today. This is the game for those people. People who like to just watch the number creep up gradually. Yeah. The better number means the good things, so you get the good things and you just have more fun with the better thing. Like, there's some people who enjoy that progressive, like, progression-based mindset. Mm. Of, like, I watch the number go up, I unlock the better gun, the num- better gun makes the yeah. number go up faster, but the number needs to be bigger this time. There's some people who wake up in the morning and love that shit. And I'm one of them. <laughs> I've discovered I'm definitely one of those people having played this game for, I think, I've clocked in at about 30 hours over the past six days since is it, I bought it. it is, or it's out. I thought it was... I thought the, it might still be in beta, but no, it's actually it's out now, isn't no, it? No, it, it's out on... I mean, it's out. There's stuff that's still to come. Mm. Um, like, they've not finished... They're, they're tweaking, uh, like, endgame content. Hmm. So that when that, that gets done, you can do raids and stuff, and you can do eight man teams. I've teamed up with some people before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just when like there's some missions you need three or four players, which is good because it means you have to learn how to like interact with the game. Yeah, world working a team that way. Um, and you can use like emotes to communicate stuff. There's a text like chat bit as well, or you can just have your microphone on and chat with people. Um, unfortunately, two players I was playing with were uh, Chinese. And my Mandarin is uh, how you would say non-existent. <laughs> so, you know, I was using mostly the emotes for like stop, wait and go and stuff because it would translate to Mandarin for those guys. Yeah. Uh, whereas me just speaking, that's yeah. not going to get us anywhere fast. As, as I found out, trying to do a presentation with a group of Germans, uh, it, it's Scottish accents are not the best accents for explanations when the other yeah. person doesn't speak great English. Yeah, this is this is not the beginner level. No, especially mine because I have this weird hybrid Glaswegian Edinburgh accent. Oh, not Edinburgh accent. Like this weird Falkirk Glaswegian accent on a on a 
downturn I can go from just normal speaking voice to just right what you're going to do is this and we're going to divide it like that then I don't know what the hell you're doing but then you just it just yeah it fucks around with people's heads and most German people are just going what is the bearded man thing <laughs> <laughs> I know I said I don't yeah. do impressions but that one's that one's great fuck you yeah I but yeah I was, was playing with those guys and when you rock up with more than just yourself if you're used to just playing by yourself you wreck everything oh, yeah. I can't imagine like I don't know what you're gonna have to put down for me to fight with eight other like seven other people and me are gonna go fuck something up they are actually gonna have to use tanks in this game <laughs> at this point there was I thought no that was way. the whole point of the game uh, the whole point in Division was that there was vehicles and stuff scattered about that you could take point on no yeah. it's always been uh, like on the ground like soul or like small team strike forces alright um, I have fought like tough opponents and stuff like there was a guy there was a, a an enemy called Roach, and you can basically, like, you're, you've just freed the president, which sounds hyperbolic, but it's not all like that, in a weird way. It's quite grounded. Okay. Um, But you, you have just freed the president, he's been evacuated, you've been told to make it out on foot. Cheers, boss. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's more than room for just you up there on the helicopter, and not going to affect anybody if I go out, but uh, no, I had to go out and fight a guy called Roach, who was heavily armoured, and has... Even, like, in the game's files, and even in the Wikipedia and the Reddits and stuff, are like, trying to figure out how to beat this guy. He's been modded from the standard model to have an even smaller critical hitbox. Fuck that. And I got to hit it with an LMG about a hundred times before his armour starts to break. Jesus Christ. I was not that's pleased. Too, that's too much, man. But it was good. I, I spent about 90 minutes fighting him, and I was absolutely thrilled when I finished I, I jumped at my chair I was like I did it he's fucking dead and then I realised there was other people I still had to kill so I went right back into the game because I've done that before where you fight the main boss guy and then everyone else that's on the map is still active and is still gunning for you like they don't care they just go hey look he stood up <laughs> bang double barrels in the chest and you die instantly because you're like once you're done fighting these guys you've got nothing left in the tank you're typically waiting like the timing of your reloads in this game has to be fucking unbelievable. So, like, you need to know when you're safe. Mm. Like, you can't just say, oh, just heal. Because your healing animation takes five seconds. Yeah. And in those five seconds, an enemy can dish out a lot of hurt. Yeah. And I had, that happened to me earlier. It was like, oh, I'll just quickly grab a, a heal. Guy ran around the corner with an SMG, sprayed me full of bullets and I dropped dead. I just fought the boss. Could you fuck off for five <laughs> minutes? Give me like the 30 seconds I need to properly heal myself. Reload animations as well. Mm. I mostly run LMGs. Reloading an LMG. Yeah, fed. <laughs> Open the chamber, take the thing out, chuck away the old stuff, put the new stuff in, put it in, clock in, ready to go. <laughs> but that point and you've I, got a knife in the back of your head. <laughs> I actually did find that um, somehow, like there's, you don't see a lot of your damage. Like, so if I get shot, you don't see the bullet hole. Mm. I did find at one point, because I looked down sights and could see something blocking my view. Like, what the fuck's that? Zoom back out to like, there's a knife stuck in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. Nobody's attacked me with a knife yet. I don't know. I've never seen a knife. Everyone who like melee attacks you, either with the butt of the gun or with a police baton. I've never seen a knife in the game. How the fuck did I get like a proper knife in my, my arm? What the fuck happened to that? So... I'd randomly got knifed without knowing it. Um, but yeah, the, the LMG reload animation takes forever. And in a weird way, they've committed... I want to say it's like a cardinal sin of gaming. I can't really decide if it is or not. If I can't reload in time, and an enemy comes in the corner, 
my option should be to switch to my secondary or my tertiary gun. Yeah. Those take longer than reloading. No, it should always be switching to your, sec- your sidearm. should be quicker than reloading. Yeah. And yet, here I am with several <laughs> deaths caused by me going, oh shit, spit like, changed into my pistol and then all of a sudden getting like ratted in the face right. with a rifle several times. And it's, it's yeah. harsh. Yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, again, going back to Muscle Hunter. Uh, the game's all about it's like big, huge, massive like fantasy swords and all these cool... All your weapons are kind of these massive, like epic-looking swords, but they all require sharpening. Ah. So you'll think, right, I'm at a safe spot. The Rathalos isn't going to get me, so you start sharpening your sword. Then all of a sudden, a tree falls behind you. <laughs> <laughs> then this thing comes herring out of nowhere, and they fuck with you. Because yeah. you'll think, all right, it's not going to get me. Then it'll do a tail flip attack, poison you. And send you flying in the air. So by the time you're back down, you have this sliver, a tiniest sliver of green health left and a massive bar of red. Yeah. And then you're poisoned. So by the time you get back up, you're like, oh, you've got the dizzy animation. You snap at that, dead. <laughs> like, you don't even get a chance to uh, I breathe. Think I've noticed that fire's a big deal in the, in the division. Like, if you see a gas can, shoot the gas can. I guarantee yeah. you it's going to If you see work. a red barrel, shoot that fucking red barrel. And there's some of them, there's so many. I, I walked into, it was a... Uh, it was supposed to be like a, not like a FEMA, like FEMA camp where it's like an environmental mm. disaster response team or whatever. It was named something different because uh, the legal legal uh, obligations. Yeah. For example, the what was supposed to be the CDC is the DCD. <laughs> DCD. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even realize it was the CDC in Washington, but okay, but it was a department of, uh, department of... Controlling uh, diseases. I think it actually is the department of controlling diseases. And uh, that turned into a fucking horror movie quick. Like, most of it's kind of action-adventure. There's mm. an aspect of horror to it. Um, do you remember the, like, intro to The Walking Dead? Where it's, like, the uh, the, the door that's, like, don't open dead inside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, although you could read it, don't dead open inside. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey. <laughs> Someone clearly didn't run that by other people. You're english bad. Why? Um, but we, we, you go into there and there are bodies everywhere. Because this is where the the autopsy have been happening. While well, they've been figuring out what is causing the uh, the disease that causes the division games to happen. All right. Um, there are bodies stacked to the fucking roof in places, and it's horrific. I don't know why. I was watching. I was like, "This is really not okay." <laughs> like, it's fucked up. It's when you. I think it's the like attrition because you go through the entire building, and from like the fucking offices where it's just like middle management, all the way down to the mortician's like basement. It is non-stop corpses. Corpses, biological waste, uh, like surgical gowns. Like how It's almost like you realise how big this is. Mm. Like, oh yeah, I'm running in an abandoned city because everyone's dead. And you realise, oh wait, that means everyone is dead. And there's just something that hits you when you're doing this mission as you walk through. And every now and again you're ambushed by people and you're like, I just walked through a hall of corpses and I'm making like five more in here. It's just something that's really offsetting about the whole <laughs> thing. And I'm like, this is amazing. How did they do this to me? I'm not used to this kind of like weird psychological warfare that's going on, but this is awesome. But yeah, it was, uh, I'd, I'd really recommend it if you're, I mean, you've probably heard bad things. It's, it's not a game for everyone. I've heard bad things about the beta, but I don't know. Thinking about it, all, all the person said was, I just, they didn't dig it, so I don't know if that's just maybe the beta was buggy, maybe mm. they didn't dig the gameplay or something. But The beta was not good, I will yeah. say that. I got kicked out of it almost on a regular basis I would, weird. I would go in launch a session get kicked out launch a new session and get a good time for the next couple of hours and then get kicked out but it would be, it must be on for like two or three hours that I go hmm. but I mean I, I played 
almost eight hours straight on Saturday or Sunday. Absolutely fucking right. I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of myself. So. I assume it's going down the, the rabbit hole that all uh, shooter games are going down nowadays and that's the, the Battle Royale setting. I'm guessing it has a Battle Royale. Mm, I don't think so. I know there's a conflict mode, but that's that is just like normal PvP. Um, and there's the Dark Zone, which is uh, you're launched into the area of the map to grab sweet loot, like top tier loot, and uh, extract it. And at that point, I mean, that was there in Division 1, which is, I think predates the whole Battle Royale thing. Um, but I uh, don't know. Mm. But once you put it on, like to get extracted, people can come after you. They know where ah, you are. Right. But that's that's his own game type. It's not like Battle Royale. Mm. So I would say that it's avoided that. For now, anyway. There's 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 always plenty of time to patch. Yeah, there's always plenty of time plenty of time to add in a Battle Royale. But I have noticed that there's been less about the whole Battle Royale thing. Because I haven't heard much about PUBG. Fortnite's kind of dying away. PUBG's been dead for a while. Uh, Fortnite. Well, see Fortnite's dying away. I think it's just getting quieter. Fortnite has been eclipsed in the media by Apex Legends. Oh yeah, I'll give you that. Which just launched its new season, and I haven't played since the division came out. So yeah, I understand. It's a good game though. Apex is such a good fucking yeah, game. Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. I'm like, how did you release this for free? Yeah, although the uh, the latest rumor about Apex is that uh, the Titans from Titanfall are going to get put in, oh. which is just going to be if they can pull off what is it eighty no hundred people in a server. Every so often, somebody gets a giant fucking robot. Fair play to is it Frostbite Studios? Uh shit, I can't remember. Is no, it's EA? Respawn. Respawn, that's the boys. Yeah, uh, if they can pull that off, fucking well done. Yeah, because um, I I did I forgot I was like oh man I wanted to know more about this world. Like, that's quite interesting because it's, it's been presented in a really great way where it's like you're watching their sports yeah apex legends is their sports so it's like oh, i want to see like the world though and somebody goes you know it's the titanfall world i'm like oh oh uh i did not know that interesting yeah can i go play more titanfall please oh, titanfall it's one of those games that people always say right off it's just, oh it's just one of those like mech games like, it is I'm not gonna lie. At its core, it is a mech game, but it feels it's totally different for any other mech game that you'll play. Yeah, it it's, it's made with that premium, like the best of Call of Duty, like yeah. the best of the genetics from that modern era shooter, ramped up to include the kind of like futuristic shooter, mm. and then also throwing mech battles on top of it. Yeah, and the mech battles do get pretty fucking tasty. Oh, Obviously, yeah. mobility's kind of reduced, but at the same time, there's enough defensive options and then there's enough offensive options to mm. kind of make it fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely recommend Titanfall to anybody. And that's that's come from someone who's not a huge uh, shooter. I can, like, I've, like, it's been well, well evidenced throughout the podcast. I'm a huge fighting game fan. But, yeah, yeah if it comes to shooters, I'll maybe throw down and play a couple games of Modern Warfare COD 4. Yeah. Like, the original. I've not played the remastered. I, I can't be fucking arsed. Apparently, the remastered nails it. Really? Yeah, nice. a lot of even the online because that was something a lot of people were a bit kind of mm, on. Yeah. I think when it first came out, I, I refused to buy. Was it Infinite Warfare? That was such a bad game. I've With played that game all the way fucking through. Fucking Jon Snow and Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, yeah, fuck that game. But th- I think it's out. Actually, I think my brother might own it. If it's on the PlayStation Four, I'm definitely going to download it soon because I'm feeling. If you get a chance, I'd give it a go. Because a lot of people have said it actually captures the feel and it's it's a great nostalgia trip. Yes. But yeah, um, just quick aside for Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's retiring. He's retired, but also he might have a sexual assault allegation against him. Fuck it. 
and it's being investigated by uh, I think it's New York. I think New York Police Department are investigating it. But yeah, uh, his retirement seems like the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. Yeah, he's going to be back. I'm not. The a minute break, yeah. someone announced, the minute uh, Floyd Mayweather says, I'm looking for a new fight, Conor McGregor's going to be up there. He wants another 10 million. That's, that's the thing for me is, there's no way he is retiring in the. F- he's in still good form. Yeah, he lost to Khabib, but. Yeah. Everyone's going to lose to Khabib. Yeah, Khabib's that man's a, a machine. He's an animal. The guy's insane. Can't fight that. Fuck off. No. <laughs> he's bred for war. What the yeah. fuck? That man is bred for combat. And uh, We were talking about last time, Mike Tyson and how he can still move like that. I bet Khabib could be near enough the same age as Tyson and still be able to fight competitively. Yeah. And um, I, I think what's happened is he has seen how much a guy can make for a comeback fight. Like, oh, I just won last time at retirement. Yeah. I don't know, or might just to restart the career. Because when people restart the career in MMA, they come out to a pretty decent fanfare. Yeah. And he's got it down. He's in decent shape. He maybe just wants to take, take a couple of years off. Yeah. And he can just bill it as, I'm retiring, and then he'll come back in a couple of years' time. He's, there's no way he's done. No. Nah. No. Nah. Sorry. Guy's too smart for that. <laughs> it's weird to say that Conor McGregor's smart, but uh, yeah, I think, I, I don't think he's in any way, shape, or form done with the UFC. I think, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head that he's just wanting a couple of years off and he thinks the best way to do it is just retire, which is fair play to him because. He has been very, very public for a good, a good while now. I think maybe yeah. even close to a decade he's been doing uh, UFC. I think he's only really rose to prominence in the last two, three years. Yeah, but he's spent those last two, three years at the top of the. Yeah. And because he's such a figure, everything he's done has been watched. Yeah, makes a lot of sense for me. Take time off, go away. I think he's got a couple of kids. I think yeah, yeah. He's maybe got one. You know maybe a year old and he's got another one on the way or he might have two very young kids. Yeah, I'd just take the time off, go do your thing. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's all, he is still quite young. I think he might only just be in his early 30s or very, very late to mid-20s. I don't yeah. think he's that old. He could always go back to it. Yeah, and he can come back to big fanfare and the return of the champ and yeah, he's the, here comes the scrappy upstart Irishman again. Yeah, here comes the notorious. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see no reason for this to be anything other than just a PR stunt. And this worked. And then, because I, I initially assumed it's a PR stunt and nothing else, mm. and I did see that there's something about him being investigated for a sexual assault. And you're, Ooh, maybe okay. there's yeah. another reason. Ooh, <laughs> Taking time off for that. Yeah, yes. maybe, maybe you're going to go and get that sorted out first. Yeah. I, uh, I, there was one thing we've been to dance around, though, is Captain Marvel. Yeah. we've I've seen it. You went to see it last week? Yeah, went to see it yeah. on Wednesday. Wednesday. Right, before we... Before we get into this, spoilers. Spoiler alert. We've both, yeah, we've both we, seen... you can't really discuss the movie yeah. like flaws and positives without discussing the movie in total. Yeah. So we'll put a we'll put a spoiler warning here. But for those who can want to stick around and maybe hear some spoiler free reviews without spoiling it, what would you say just an overall what number would you put to it? Just an overall kind of review of it. Uh, it's very hard to give just like a round like oh it's like a 7 like an out of 10 yeah I, I, honestly I'd say it's a 7 it is not the best yeah it has issues it has really good moments and I think some of those are very important to understanding characters later on yeah as it's important for somebody who wants to complete it's obviously an obligation for anyone who wants to complete the MCU experience yeah but whereas I've not seen like the Ant-Man movies I've still most of the way through like I've I've seen some of them or I've seen chunks of them. Mm. 
but I don't think I need to see those movies to understand the Avengers storylines where Ant Man's involved. Ant Man and the Wasp, definitely, because that leads yeah. quite. That well, leads that will into now lead into Endgame. Infinity stuff. Wolf. No, Endgame. Um, but their first one, it's a good flick. Uh, you can tell that Edgar Wright was at the helm at one point. I enjoyed what I saw of it. I saw the first like hour. No, it's a good film. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying it, and I would say I'll get to it. I say that a lot, so yeah. I'll get to it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I think you need to see this one to understand why she's such a big deal. Because the last ten minutes of this movie show you exactly, and the little like there's a there's a mid credit scene, which is good because I moved it away from the end credits mm. to the mid credits. Um, this will explain how she comes back, why she's important, and why she is going to matter to the issue, the issue of Thanos. Yeah. The big purple elephant in the room. So, yeah. You're, uh, uns- you're spoiler-free. For me, it's a solid 6.5. For me, the first half of the movie is way too slow. Mm. Uh, for me, Brie Larson doesn't do enough to be likeable. She's just kind of there for most of the film. Yeah. But I think that's more to do with how they're setting up the character of uh, Veers or our actual name in the in the as you find it later on in the movie. I think they need to do that this kind of stoic like you know I'm going to do what I whatever I want to do and then you can come along for the ride or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last half of the movie. I think I don't think you're supposed to go on like. I think you're supposed to be rooting for her but not loving her. No, yeah, she's definitely anyway. the hero of the movie, but at the same time, you're not thinking. You're thinking, oh, I love this character. She's she's the be all and end all superhero. She's think, yeah, she's going to get a job done. Like, let's follow this this story because yeah, there's going to be a positive outcome to it. Uh, I would agree with you that the last third of the last act of the movie is definitely where this comes alive because you get to see the strongest Avengers. She's been, she's oh been yes, dubbed. but that that in turn is where I kind of find the problem because even in the comics, they acknowledge that she's not as powerful as Thor. I know, but, but that's just a little nerd bugbear. That's that's the nerd bugbear that has to deal with the fact that there's the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, which and is the totally Marvel Comics Universe. Yeah. And I, I and dig if you want to sit and like pour through all the lore of yeah. the Marvel Comics Universe to make a point about yeah. a movie, you're kind of fucked. Like you've already kind of yeah. lost the battle. Nobody like nobody's gonna go. Well, listen to him. He's read comic books for twenty years yeah. and he's totally sane and has no bias at all. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I did. One thing. That I did really enjoy about the movie is the the twist. Yeah, the, and that's, you, that's where we're saying we need to spoil this movie yeah. to talk about it because this movie is so related to memories and who people yeah. are and who they like how different things relate to things and basically in a weird way, kind of truth in itself. Yeah. So you can't really spoil thing or you can't really talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, a, a solid 6.5 movie not the greatest example of a solo Marvel movie but uh, effects fucking fantastic oh just the energy the CGI, effect the CGI Jesus Christ the Super Saiyan moment yeah it's pretty fucking awesome to see I'm glad you're calling it Super Saiyan as well because it is quite it's clearly it's the fucking Super Saiyan moment it's clearly Super Saiyan Captain Marvel at one point like because they do the panning shot where the camera's kind of rising up her eyes go from the kind of human to the glow then the hair stands on it and I'm like that is fucking <laughs> that is Dragon Ball Z son cack her up with like a word sir <laughs> Goku's just going excuse me and uh yeah it's I, I do think as well there's a lot of people who think it's it's being massively downvoted because Brie Larson shared a feminist opinion 
uh, because the she she pointed out <laughs> she pointed out there's a lot of white people in certain rooms. How dare she? Yeah, like yeah, there's I, a lot of, I, there's a lot of white men involved in reviewing comic book movies. No one is surprised by yeah, that. If at, you're butt hurt by that, at this could stage, you take a fucking seat, son. Yeah, at this stage, that's just a fact. Yeah. That's like saying the only two human beings in this room are white people. That is not that's not racist. That is one hundred percent fact. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Why are you getting angry about facts? I am one sixteenth. <laughs> Excuse me, Shut I up. am seven eighths Inuit, so I'm not technically white. <laughs> My grandfather's grandfather's grandfather once saw a dark skinned person. <laughs> My great 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 grandpappy owned them slaves. <laughs> We're practically family. <laughs> Why we raised each other. <laughs> oh boy, that's not how that works. Oh boy. Just, uh, Dad, sit down. <laughs> Dad, just go back to the whiskey. It's fine. Um, but what are you uh, talking about? <laughs> and it's been... It'll get a little bit of a bump because it's a female lead. And yes, it is very strange that we're like 12 years into the MCU and just getting the first female-fronted... Yeah. Like, there's been plenty of great female characters in the MCU. I, I genuinely would have preferred that the first female-led Marvel movie would have been Black Widow. Yeah. Because her backstory... Is so fucking interesting, and our potential is great as well. The uh, the potential is great, and it's Scarlett Johansson. No one is not going to go see that movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and the amount of the potential for the it to go in different, unique directions and set up this this badass are limitless. I think that would have been a a better movie, but at the same time, the direction that they're going, it makes sense for them to make Captain Marvel before they go and focus on. You know, yeah. Black Widow, or whatever. I think if they were going to do a Black Widow movie, which I think they are in twenty twenty, they should have done it about the time of Winter Soldier. Yeah, because it would fit with the whole kind of the almost kind of like Cold War type feel of Winter Soldier, and explain a lot and help fill in gaps and stuff. But mm. they've missed the boat on that one. Yeah, I actually wish they'd kind of done Captain Marvel a little sooner. Because it's a Marvel origin story. And I think mm. they kind of should have got those out of the way. Yeah, I don't think they're even remotely done with origin stories. Yeah. Because the next one we've got, after Captain Marvel, we have Nova, who is a... a the character's name is it's either a Sam Alexander, who's kind of kid Nova, he gets called in the later comics. And there's the original Nova, as a guy called Richard Ryder. Uh he is basically Green Lantern. The the ring falls to Earth, or the helmet, the Nova Core helmet falls to Earth, mm-hmm. and then he gets, you know, he gets access to the Nova Force, or I think or is it the Prime Force? Can't fucking remember. That's that's been touted to be coming up soon. That's going to be another origin movie. Then they're doing the Eternals with uh, Luke Evans playing Hercules in that movie, which I think would be pretty cool. But it's a missed opportunity to have Luke Evans play Namor because the two yeah. of them are fucking identical. I mean. And it's got, the chick, it's got the girl that plays Eleven in Stranger Things. She's going to be in Eternal somewhere. I kind of hope that she's playing a superhero, not just, I'm the human. Yeah, I, I kind of wish Luke Evans would use more, but people really need to learn to use him, right? I mean, yeah, he did Gaston, and he bulked up a fair amount for that. Fuck, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but at the same time, like, Hercules, really? Hercules? Yeah. <laughs> You're... Dwayne the Rock Johnson plays that guy. He's he, Dwayne Johnson is a thing. Like people are aware of this, and I know he's tied into uh, Black Adam for Shazam. He's not even in the movie. He's not in it. No, uh, the main the bad guy in it is um, Mark Strong. 
I think I know who that is. But if I you've what, if you've played anything that Actually, has Warhammer yeah, 40k I, I, slapped on it, he's been in it somewhere. I saw the um, the trailer for that and actually looks all right. Yeah. If it's just self-aware enough, if it's just cheeky enough about it, I yeah. think you could get away with the whole kind of daredevil. I think I like Zach Levi enough to probably go and see Shazam. Because I'm a huge fan of Chuck. It's a show that I'm, I'm quite glad I stuck through to the end. Yeah. Um, there's something I wanted to just quickly touch on before we get into review. Okay. Um, And it was the fact that the Avengers uh, Endgame posters came out. Yeah. And accidentally spoiled something. Yeah. <laughs> they spoiled that the, the princess of Wakanda is dead. Uh, Shuri. Shuri, yeah. Shuri. Shuri didn't make it. And because nobody saw it, everyone was like, we don't know if she's okay or not. Yeah, it's in the nah, trailer. she ain't okay. It's in the trailer. There's <laughs> a bit the, more... Uh, no, but from like uh, Avengers, like from the end of Infinite War, you oh, kind of yeah. didn't technically know. Like you yeah. hadn't seen the body, so we can't really confirm. Yeah. And then it didn't really catch on until some hey, uh, like, all the living have a colour poster, all the dead have a black and white poster. Yeah. Hey. I'm more surprised, because I've seen quite a few of these, the the colour, like, the purple and black and white posters. I'm more surprised that uh, Happy, John Favreau's character, is still alive. <laughs> like, uh, what, what pivotal point does he serve in the in the Marvel Universe? But a lot of people, uh, I did hear a lot of people, or see a lot of comments on Instagram specifically saying, if they've killed Aunt May, I'm going to snap Kevin Feige's neck. <laughs> she dies enough <laughs> just leave her alone we've had quite enough of this nonsense yeah. Um, so yeah I think we can now get into spoiler territory for Captain yeah. Marvel so hopefully I remember to put in some kind of time code yeah. to say this is where the spoilers end yeah skip to you um, um, but yeah as we say with the whole movie being something to do with memories and the truth and the reveals of like who you know, who is related to who and in mm. what way. Uh, you start off knowing uh, Captain Marvel as Verge, yeah. which is her name as part of the Kree. And Kree Starforce, I think she's part of. Yeah. Um, and you are led to assume that she is a Kree soldier. She's part of the Strike Force with uh, Jude Law's character, who is actually quite a lot of fun. When I can't he's, remember but, his name. Uh, oh, fuck, I googled it. I've got it here, Yon, Yon Rog. Yon Rog, yeah. yeah Yon Rog. Um, I, I feel like there was a bit too much foreshadowing though, with their sparring session at the start mm. of the day. Whether I did like the the reveal of her like waking up and then the city and the, the technological kind of marvel yeah. that's been built by the Korean. You're like, ooh, this is nice. Cool. Um, and then they go into like the kind of training hall, uh, do some sparring. At that point, the heavy-handed kind of, you need to control your emotions. Your emotions are so important to who you are as a Cree. Uh, and it's so important to your gift. Yeah. Like, Great, now I know they're going to solve everything with emotions by the end of this film. What a twist. It turns out that emotions will be what sets her free in the end. Yeah. God fucking damn it. What bugged me is just, I, I knew for a fact that they, going into this movie, I knew for a fact that they were going to give her some kind of limiter. And yeah. as soon as they said, oh, you need to control your emotions, they're like, don't give me this Smallville Superman <laughs> bullshit when you're, oh, you must learn to control yourself, Clark, because you're the strongest being on the planet. If you fart, you could blow up Kansas. Like, bullshit. <laughs> Come on, let him be a fucking freak. <laughs> Just do it a different way. Then at one point, when she, I think when she's still having the conversation with Yon Rog, you see a little disc sort of flickering off and on in her neck. I'm like, I can't remember if it's with Yon Rog or the, the... I know they show it during the conversation with the uh, the Central Intelligence. Ah, I sent supreme, supreme intelligence, intelligence yeah. yeah. Um, and if the word supreme intelligence doesn't kind of 
also heavily foreshadow how this movie turns out yeah yeah you're in for a fucking wild ride but yeah once you see those little red flags go up you're like ah, oh, i know how this is roughly yeah. gonna go however even though you know how things might turn out from the start because it's fairly predictable the foreshadowing's a little too heavy yeah very heavy-handed on like while they're on the Cree homeworld um the execution is really really good like when they actually show you the truth of how Vers uh came to be you're like oh okay that makes a lot more sense mm. um but the the first part i think that's where we have a lot of criticisms just i think it needed another pass yeah i think the way it, it's landed it does its job I think it's very workmanlike in that respect. Mm. It doesn't do anything that just expands, like blows your fucking mind. It's just very, right, we get that people are done with origin stories, so we're going to get the origin part done as quick as possible. Yeah. I, and I, it's I, weird. I think they went for the presenting it out of order. Yeah. As a deliberate thing of saying, this is not going to be the same story structure as all the other Marvel movies. We'll yeah, introduce her. And, yeah. We'll introduce her. And then break it, twist it, and then reverse it back around on itself for the reveal that uh, Verge is actually a combination of... And it's a weird one because the, the comics and the movie have kind of diverged a little bit on how she came to be. Mm. But she was helping a... She was a human woman helping a Cree scientist who was going by the... Who was Captain Marvell, mm-hmm. uh, working under the name of Carol Danvers. Um... Oh no! Wait, she was something else. She was uh, Wendy Sawyer's. Yeah, she was Wendy Sawyer's. But Carol Danvers was a human helping her, and during an accident or during a, a shooting test, there was a, yeah, test t- a test flight of a new uh, supersonic or uh, light speed engine. A light speed engine. She crashed, and there was a, a shootout and an explosion that caused her. Like it's weird that the, the movie says the power came to her from the generator, whereas the comic books say that the radiation smashed DNA out of Captain Marvel into Carol Danvers. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, technically the movie hasn't ruled that out, but the way they, because nobody actually knows in the movie, it's yeah. all just a bunch of military people being like, well, this must have happened. It must be from the generator. They wouldn't know that the DNA is mixed. So it's a weird one, but it's, it's a weird thing that I picked up. I'm going, like, hey, they, they said something different, but at the same time, it could still happen the way the comic book said it did. Yeah. Maybe, technically. I, I think it's because, and again, one of my other criticisms of the movie we'll get to later, something that happens towards the end, is the, the generator uses the Tesseract energy to kind of create, to, as a sort of propulsion system for the light speed engine. Yeah. So I think it, she just absorbs the full energy of the the uh, the light speed engine that I think that's what gives it our powers, but I think I think you might be right there. Maybe because Captain Marvel is still in the vicinity, maybe the energy spliced their DNA or something. Yeah. Well, it's it's supposed to be a, a part. Kind of what I read uh, was that it literally like it punches the DNA out of her into Carol Danvers, and then the two kind of merge together. Yeah. In a way, on a genetic level, which allows her to use Cree stuff, and then Jude Law's character Yon Rog takes. Yeah, the unconscious woman out because he goes I don't know what happened but I guess we could just take you and figure it out later yeah, <laughs> and we can just use, use a human battery for the next couple of years yeah so he um, and then I suppose he does give her a blood transfusion as well that's why yeah. she's got the blue blood at the start of the movie yeah which I it does explain as well I was like well, wait how was she bleeding blue earlier in the movie yeah. 
oh, okay, they actually do go to the length of explaining how shit happened because there is a lot of stuff going on with uh, memory, false identity as well due yeah. to the, the enemy or the initial enemy. Yeah, who are seen as... Yeah, who are seen as the enemy but they just turned out to be not even a threat. Yeah, just just innocent. Like, yeah. actual innocent aliens. Yeah, just refugees. What's the name again? The Scrolls. The Scroll, right. Uh, to give you a bit of backstory, uh, the Scrolls are the initial... They were one of the initial alien bad guys in the Marvel comics. They were... They could take any shape. They could take any form. Doesn't matter if they had the superhero. They had the, the, the kind of meta gene, as they call it in the DC universe. Doesn't matter if you, they had, you know, mutant genes. The scrolls could copy the ability. Could copy that person and use their abilities. Yeah. And they were always bad guys. They were always hell bent on invasion, completely like overtaking planets, sort of stripping them of their resources, and then moving on. Always bad guys. And then the secret invasion arc. That, that's what happens. Scrolls land on Earth. They target key. Uh, individuals and then they realise that the Avengers as a group of people are some of the strongest individuals on the planet let's infiltrate them then we'll use them to try and take over the world because then they can take you know they, one can become Thor and then because he can change his hand to basically be Thor so he can pick up Mjolnir yeah. a guy can become a Hulk and then he can absorb gamma radiation and then there's one then there's the Super Scroll that absorbs all the power of the Fantastic Four hmm. which on paper, looks stupid because he's got like one rock fist, one fire fist. His body's <laughs> invisible, and his neck's all fucking stretchy. But put that, put that in a comic book setting. He's fucking overpowered. Yeah, because he's also got the mind of Reed Richards, and Reed Richards is one of the smartest motherfuckers in the Marvel universe. Not yeah. to mention the most arrogant son of a bitch in the Marvel uh, comic universe. Yeah, puts Tony Stark to shame. I, it's a weird thing though because I don't know how they're gonna handle. Because part of what comes across during the whole revelations of what's actually going on is that the scroll are not actually an invading horde of evil maniacal monsters. They're refugees. Yeah, they just want a, a planet or a place to call home. And you eventually, I mean, you was talking about with the heavy foreshadowing of the supreme intelligence. Yeah. The Kree might be a little bit fascist. <laughs> yes. A <laughs> little bit of a kind of analogy for certain Nazi Germany types. Yeah. Um, like, I think it was at the point where you see Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy. That was thinking, one of the other big red flags. These are bad guys. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's, you go, oh, wait, I've been accidentally cheering on the bad guys for the last 40, 50 yeah, minutes. 40, 50 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, dear. And you realize what's going on. Um, and you, you kind of left with all of the questions. You think, but how are they... Because that's... I remember you told me the scroll are the bad guys. Yeah. How are they going to kind of marry those two? And that, or is it just going to be a divergence between comic books and the uh, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think I've, I've kind of identified two ways that it could go. One, they diverge. And I don't know why I have the fucking pen. Yeah. That can just go down there. <laughs> you picked up a pen, so it's just a little lecturing. Is it? Well, my good man, I shall tell you exactly what I believe. <laughs> I shall I present my hypothesis, but first scenario, um, they diverge from the comic books. The scroll are just refugees. They just want to belong. Them very peaceful. Obviously, they'll fight if they need to. Uh, as one of the the main scroll kind of says, "We've both done horrible things. I'll kill to keep my family safe." That kind of bullshit. Yeah. They do that. Second one is where they keep that particular group of scrolls peaceful. But then there's the over overarching race that are all just fuck it. We want planets. We want yeah. to take over shit. Personally, I think two is a bit of a copper because I've established that it's just no. Let's do something different for the comic books. Let's establish ourselves as something new. Let's have these peaceful scrolls. Yeah. But in my mind, Marvel like money. Or sorry, Disney like money. Yeah. So I think they might just say, "Well, let's just make them peaceful, 
you know, peace-loving uh, scrolls, and let's have evil scrolls that are going to start the Secret Invasion video or Secret yeah. Invasion movie. I I think we could do something along those lines of we have this group who are they've been scattered since this great war between the Korean and the scroll, and we don't know how long ago that was, but by the sounds of it, it's been going on for a while. Yeah. So at that point, you could have like a splinter group heads off to Earth, and they they become the part of the scroll during the Captain Marvel movie. Mm. That would make sense in that context, but then we don't actually hear anything else about the war, yeah. other than the fact that it's devolved into a kind of guerrilla stage where it's Kree strike forces going out to deal with small amounts of scroll. Mm. So at that point, do you have uh, like a kind of resurgent scroll come and take over, knock out a good chunk of the Kree Empire, and then launch their invasion, and then the secret invasion of Earth, and make that into part of a movie? Or do we like, or do we just ignore that part of the comic books in general? Because do we need to do all those? I don't really say it's necessary because I think if you look at the current Marvel timeline, I get that there's the the rumor that Endgame's going to hit the reset button and everyone's going to go back to yeah what's happened before. Personally, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to kind of strike that the people are back, but there's still an aftermath. Yeah. Um, but the Kree homeworld is Xander. That is gone now. Right. Uh, Thanos wiped it out in retaliation for Ronan taking the power stone and using it for himself. Mm. He went to the no, he went to the Nova headquarters, basically destroyed Nova headquarters and just decimated the rest of Xandar and took the power stone. Mm-hmm. So it could be that maybe the scroll scene, oh, the Kree are gone. We're free. We can do whatever we want. Maybe yeah. they're just becoming rampant. Maybe there's a bit. Yeah. Obviously, with overpopulation. Overpopulation, overpopulation. What the fuck? <laughs> overpopulation. Maybe that leads to a problem. Maybe there's one radical Kree that rises up, saying we are the dominant species. Yeah. We can spread our influence across the galaxy. Then maybe that leads them into a secret yeah. invasion. I think they don't do it. I actually think you look at it right now. There's too much for Marvel to do, and you've got to understand yeah. this bubble will burst. Realist. Yeah, I think yeah. we've maybe got another five years of good Marvel movies left. I don't think we've got time to do the secret invasion movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think we've got time to do the much-coveted Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. I think we're, and also, even the X-Men, I think we're going to get maybe one, maybe two good X-Men movies before they decide. I, yeah, I think they, almost we need to step away from... Because it's, it's still good. It's still great. I'm still loving this superhero renaissance that we've been having yeah. for the last couple of years. But it kind of needs to end before it goes to shit. Yeah, before it goes, yeah. you know down the the Arnold Schwarzenegger Batman and Robin type route actually speaking of Arnie people said really Captain Marvel has to crash into a blockbuster to show it's the 90s that's not the most 90s thing in that movie her shooting like on reflex at Arnold Schwarzenegger and true Li- the true lies cut out yeah that had me fucking rolling I don't oh, know why, just I was good. like, that's the most 90s thing I've ever seen. It's pretty good. In a blockbuster, a True Lies poster, and you just go, oh shit, and blast off Arnie's head, leaving uh, Sigourney Weaver's face, just kind of going, really? <laughs> 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 With the kind of like mean mugging stare, you're like, that's, that's hilarious. Right. On the, the 90s, uh, 1995 it's set in. I think so, yeah. Yeah, just going on that, the effects that they used to make Clark Gregg and Samuel L. Jackson look younger, pretty on point. Yeah. I dare I dare say that they didn't really need to use that much on Samuel L. Jackson. I reckon he just grew his hair back and <laughs> dyed it. It doesn't it doesn't look like there's much there. 
Yeah. It was a very well done job. And that's where once she's on Earth mm. and once everything's kind of set in motion for that, that's where I take it gets really good. Yeah, um, that's when it picks up. The middle third of Carol Danvers and Nick Fury kind of playing this weird kind of cat and mouse game and then realizing they have to work together to solve some issues because uh, at this point, Nick Fury knows nothing. Yeah, he's just a, he's essentially just a beat cop. He's just, yeah. He works for the he works for Shield, but Shield uh, the most that they do is just investigate the odd alien. Yeah. Shield isn't suspect. Shield at this point. It's yeah. a group of people trying to figure out what's going to be the next big issue now that the Cold War's kind of done. And as Nick Fury puts it, I was just sitting in my office trying to write up a report to explain where I think the next enemy is going to come from, and he picked aliens, and turns out he's right. It turns out there's a shit to them. Yeah, so he has basically uh, the, the golden ticket to try and figure out what's going to happen yeah. next in the world, and it's you know, Carol Danvers. Yeah. Um, and those two working together and figuring stuff out and working as a team is probably my favourite part of the movie. Yeah, I, I do I, I do agree with you there. It does pay off the most because it's been pegged that the two main characters is going to be a very, very young Nick Fury and this supremely powerful... Uh, Carol Danvers. I mean, you see them inter- interact. There's that. There's that kind of sense of yeah, this works. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm happy to see more of this. Yeah, I, I could sit and watch this whole like if this whole ninety minute movie was just those two, I'd be I'd be okay with it because yeah. it's it's good buddy cop material. Oh yeah, um, and it's it just it works for some reason, and it was it was fun. It's that thing I, I mentioned it before we started. That part of the movie is what. Uh, DC is jealous of when it comes to Marvel. There's something yeah. about the Marvel movies that's got that kind of buddy-friendly attitude where you could just walk in, throw on the movie, and just casually chill yeah. and hang out. Whereas the DCs try to be super serious. Yeah, and I think they never really nails yeah. it. I think they've majorly just ditched the whole we're super serious thing. Yeah, because uh, I mean Shazam. You look at any of the trailers for that. He's fucking flossing. He's just saying, "Oh, I'm a kid, and I have the power of fucking Hercules and the strength of Solomon and stuff." Oh, did he actually floss? Yeah, he did the fucking thing. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. That's going to date that movie so bad. Yeah, I think they cut it out. I hope they cut it out, because I haven't so. seen it since. Yeah. If he does it, if I, if he does it in the movie, I'm going to find Zach <laughs> Levi and punch him in the face. <laughs> Though the dude's fucking jacked now, so he'd probably like, crush my head or something like that. Yeah. He was on an episode of uh, Rooster Teeth Podcast again. He comes back. He came back a couple, couple years ago, I think. He was just on one, and then popped back on recently. I think it's to do... I think he's doing press for Shazam, and yeah, I think he's got because he was on an episode of Try Not to Laugh on Smosh. All right, but I actually find that I'm watching Smosh more when it's not got the two dudes on it. It's Anthony and Ian. As soon as Anthony left, I don't know why. I started actually finding it quite funny. <laughs> don't know what the hell it is. It's weird because I've been uh, listening obviously to the whole thing going on with uh, Defy Media, Smosh, and Defy Media and stuff, and uh, you're the only person I've heard say that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, yeah. but yeah anyway Cat Marvel yeah. Smosh later Smosh later <laughs> that was actually all I wanted to that, say that, that was Smosh <laughs> uh, I meant to ask just one of my yeah, questions sure. on this was because I lost my train of thought did you, before you watched this movie did you know about how Carol Danvers becomes Captain Marvel yeah right I, I knew that obviously I didn't read a lot of Captain Marvel books because when I was originally introduced to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was the dude, and Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel. Okay. It's only when it's only in recent iterations of the comic book when she's having conversations with. I want to say, it's 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 another female superhero. I genuinely think it might be someone like Jean Grey or 
rogue or something. It was definitely yeah. a female Marvel superhero, as you can tell. I don't know that fucking many. <laughs> but she because the, the, there aren't that many. Yeah, they're not that many. Yeah, it's almost like it was made by a bunch of white dudes. But for the enjoyment of white dudes, not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a. Uh, She's having a conversation with another female superhero and she basically says to her, it's Wasp. It's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> the energy there. Dumb, like, almost jumped out of his seat a little bit there and just pointed, right. it's Wasp. He's having a conversation with the Wasp and she says, Carol, Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel's gone. Marvel is dead. You are Captain Marvel now. And that's when she ditches the whole uh, black and yellow bikini thing that she had on and says, okay, I'm going to put on the blue, red and gold and I'm going to be Captain Marvel now. Mm-hmm. So there was always this... I prefer it now because Captain Marvel, what the fuck, uh, the original Captain Marvel, he was more uh, your typical male superhero. It's just like, stand back, little lady, I shall save them with my photon blast. And my massive jaw. And my jawline that could smash watermelons. Uh, but with the new Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, it's actually well written because she's arrogant and it shows in the comic yeah. book. And it shows no, it shows in the comic books. And it, prime example of that being in Civil War 2, where she is trying to stop crime before it happens. So she basically puts this giant shield around the earth that basically is like a massive sort of uh, border gate. Right. It's just anyone tries to come into the earth, they get met by some of the earth's, might, uh, earth's strongest heroes that can survive in space. And they just kind of go, yeah, you can't come in here. Why? Because that girl over there, Quasar, will melt your face off with the power of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed in here because you've been classed as... Uh, a dangerous citizen yeah and that kind of leads into the whole civil war 2 uh, leads them down the path because it kicks off when carol danvers and her group which has a the new captain america which is falcon i right. can't remember that i can't remember the character's name and it has a war machine in it war machine takes a hit because they find out that thanos is going to arrive on earth at this day at this time so they try and uh, they try and uh, intercept them but obviously Thanos is prepared. He kicks the shit out of uh, Colonel Rhodes, uh, James Rhodes, uh, War Machine. Obviously Tony Stark flies off the handle and that kind of kickstarts the whole thing of we should just, you know, fortify our defences for when they come. We shouldn't try and predict and stop them coming because that, that's us going too far. That's us, our, us extending our power too much. And I think that's where I kind of like Captain Marvel to go. Mm. to show us that she is supremely powerful show us that arrogance show us that kind of I'm right you're wrong mentality that she's kind of had or at least that I've viewed her as having in the comic books yeah and that's what we mentioned earlier in the in the movie once everything's kind of laid out and she realises who she was when she returns to her she finds out that she was a US Army or US Air Force uh, fighter pilot she was mm. a test pilot as well yeah and that's where she has her accident where she becomes uh, Captain Marvel and you realize that she had a real confidence about her because she was always just she's a tough kid like she was a tough kid kept being yeah, tough. she got knocked down constantly yeah. she always got back up and it's uh she was also in a go-kart accident that was easily edited to look like a fatality yeah like, <laughs> there was an explosion there was that, a lot of tumbling and crunching of metal that and looked, she got up with a cut above the eyebrow that looked pretty savage i'm not entirely sure like how bad like what was she actually like what was going on with that go-kart that yeah. was way more powerful than a kid should be driving but that's the thing is she was driving it because that's what she wanted to do yeah but afterwards, she gets she goes back over to her dad. I'm pretty sure she isn't that badly damaged. She might have a couple of cuts and some blood. She's, she's a bit like dirtied up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's got she's grubby. She walks over to her dad and she just says something along the lines of, "See, dad, I can do what I want." And she's like, "You almost died, you dumb, dumb <laughs> son of a bitch." Yeah, he the dad just goes off. Mike, 
I think he, I think the dad's just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what to make of this. Like I'm 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 sympathetic to Carol Danvers yeah. because she just clearly has a dick as a dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the very last thought in my head when I watched that scene because the first one is like, "Are you okay? How are you fine? There was an explosion, <laughs> a lot of damage, a lot of noise, and you just come at you." looking like that and all just a grubby time. little toddler like yeah. <laughs> now your dad's going off on one your dad's a bit of a dick your dad's like whoa what the fuck is wrong with you but like in a good way <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's a superhero she never died in a fire explosion but yeah she's she's a tough kid and that gives her a bit of like when she's confident she's arrogant yeah because she knows she can take the hit with it's coming next mm. and it leads to one of my favorite scenes which is uh with her it's in a fight and I will say, as much as this movie's been kind of hyped up to be like very like pro feminist, it's actually not that. Like, it's not like woo yeah, girls can do it, girl power. It's yeah. not like fake or anything like that. It is sincere in a way. Yeah. When we're talking about like Carol Danvers, always gets up one more time. Yeah, and it's it's powerful. Like the, the editing for that scene is really good. Yeah, for like her like picking herself out because you've always seen you've seen the clips of her falling down, mm-hmm. but then they show you she does get back up and she got back up the next time and the next time and the next time and she gets back up now and you're like oh shit it's almost like a Rocky Balboa moment you're like you're fucking kick ass (laughs) the fact that they set one of her fights to no doubt just a girl pissed me off in a way I didn't know I wanted to leave that song in the past we all did why did they bring it back yeah Gwen Stefani her voice has not aged well it was it was funny it was it was really funny to just hear it and you go but you were, you were in the theatre going, really? Really, motherfuckers, we're doing this song? <laughs> I was sitting in the cinema and someone two rows down from me just went, okay, I guess that's where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> the most passive-aggressive motherfucker in the room. <laughs> Literally, it, you can't see the head motions there, but it was kind of that straight-necked, like, well, okay then, like, <laughs> bobblehead action. I was like, guess the feminists have won this one. <laughs> okay, I'll just take my white self out of this theatre. <laughs> You get to feel that guy walked out of Black Panther. <laughs> really, this, this Wakanda they, forever. Huh? <laughs> oh, look at me, dumb, dumb Wakanda forever. <laughs> I'm proud of my country. <laughs> I just, I, it was, it was fine. I had no issue with the whole. Like, it was, it was, it was pro female. It wasn't yeah. like let's cut off all men's balls. Feminist. Yeah, actually, I'm it was. Really, I kind of dug the, the, the no doubt montage. <laughs> just, it's, it, it's it was funny, cheesy. It was, it was hokey, yeah. but it was, it was, it fit. It's that cheesy, happy Marvel moment. Yeah. And the editing and the fight choreography to match the beat of the song yeah. pays it off. If it hadn't worked with the editing and the uh, the fight choreography, mm. I'd have been annoyed. Yeah. More annoyed than I, I, me jokingly being annoyed in the podcast. It's it's well done. It, it, they pulled it off. I, I, I wouldn't have taken that risk, but they pulled it off. So, you know, hats off to them for going for it because it was, it worked in the end and it was it was really funny but the during that fight there's a confrontation between her and Minerva Minerva has been at Yonrog Yonrog yeah Yonrog's side Yonrog's side from the beginning she was actually on earth when uh, Carol Danvers was abducted basically Mm. and taken back to the home world and Carol Danvers knows this now so she in the middle of the fight goes you knew you knew about my secret and that's why you didn't like me. That's why we never spent time together. And she's like, no, I just didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest fucking moment in the movie. We were just like, no, you're just a dick. <laughs> I don't need a reason. You're just an asshole. I just don't like you. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. It's not melodramatic. It's yeah. not special. 
I just don't like you. <laughs> I remember reading a while ago that the actress that played Minerva, uh, Gemma Chan, yeah, uh, I'm a fucking huge fan. Uh, she was in a TV show called uh, Humans on Channel Four, mm-hmm. and that was all about uh, uh, synthetic humans called synths. They were like they become com- they become the new appliance in the home. Yeah, and it was a really really good TV show. So I was a huge fan of Gemma Chan. Also helps that she's fucking stunning. Yeah. But uh, when I see, I kind of forgot that she was going to be in the movie, so I was just sitting watching, going, "Holy shit, we got Gemma Chan! I'm in here! I'm in now!" And I, I again, Google this she was somebody, one of the best yeah. performances in the in the show. It's weird that she's really underrated. She doesn't have a lot to say, but you yeah, just, she's banging Jack Whitehall. That's why <laughs> <laughs> she just she's taking a hit. <laughs> she she just kind of is there, and she just she's like the competent sidekick yeah. soldier. She's what, uh, like, obviously, the Cree were hoping Carol Danvers would be. Yeah, she's the finisher. I she, mean, she's yeah. the sniper. She cleans up. Yeah. And there's, there's the good scene of her uh, realising that they're being ambushed because she gets tricked by one of the, the scroll at the start of the movie. Mm. And you're like, oh, she's good. Yeah. Oh. She's very good at her job. Yeah. And the character Minerva, she comes back in subsequent, uh, past the origin of a... Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel, she comes back again and again to sort of be a thorn in the side to Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that she comes back in some way because some of the storylines are really, really fucking cool. I'd, I'm, it's weird though because with all the whole, like, part of the movie is basically a double cross in a way. Yeah. The, the story goes the one whole way. Movie, it, 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 there's a lot of twists. Yeah. And the way the movie kind of curves one way and curves the other way. As the audience, we we have the omnipotent view. Not entirely omnipotent, but we have the, the view of the whole thing. We know how yeah, it all plays out. And especially now we know how that plays out in the context of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm kind of left wondering how I feel about those Kree soldiers, like the Kree squad. I kind of want Yon Rog and Minerva back, but as good guys. I know they won't be. Yeah, They're like, they're both really entrenched in the Kree system. But would they come back as anti-heroes? Like, would that happen now that Thanos has showed up and wrecked the homeworld? Yeah. Would they now ally with the Avengers over Thanos? It could be. The only one that I know that for definite is dead is Korath. Yeah, the guy that had the the samurai swords, like the green swords. Yeah. Uh, He becomes Ronan's right-hand man and he gets his head ripped. Like He has these weird implants in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. They get ripped out of his head by Drax, so that dude's dead. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's straight up dead. Yeah, that was uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy because I I saw him and I'm like, oh, yeah, him. I think (laughs) he's like Korath the Pursuer or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. Pegged as being a relentless tracker, like never gives up on his uh, prey type thing. But he's really he's he's the guy who shows up at the start of Guardians yeah. one when you've the great scene of Peter Quill just kind of dancing through yeah. the the thing kicking like space rats yeah. around the place and he shows up and goes what the fuck are you doing <laughs> put that down before you hurt yourself put it down it's precious and it's mine fuck off <laughs> I'm looking for that it's mine yeah yeah he's, he's the, the only one that I know that's dead for definite there, there is another two that I'm, I don't know why there's I'm two doing. minor characters that yeah. are, let's be honest they don't matter that it's I'm the pretty big... sure one of them gets gets killed by Carol Danvers in the movie yeah. uh, well one of them got stuck on like a generator and spun around several times and then punched off that generator by Carol Danvers like she chucks him on there to just kind of keep him in one place while yeah. she fights the other guy she like fucks him up throws him away and then jumps up and just smashes him so hard now he comes off of the generator he's magnetically attached to <laughs> and then just flies away and you're like, 
Oh, yeah, he's not coming <laughs> back for Captain Marvel too. That's a good thing as well. Like Captain Marvel doesn't fuck around. No, she gets shit done. And that's what yeah. I'm looking forward to in Endgame. Yeah, and I to, think to completely spoil it yeah. towards the end, uh, the Kree show up. Yeah, they're led by Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, because uh, Yon Rock he just says he realizes how powerful yeah and how powerful uh, Carol Danvers is, and mm-hmm. the fact that she's now gone rogue. His only uh, recourse is he calls in the accusers to just basically glass the planet. Is it look the scroll here? I don't know how many. You should probably just come down here and deal with that. That sounds okay with you, boy. And Ronan comes along, and Cat Marvel flies through a ship. Yep. <laughs> and just menaces the other one. <laughs> Straight up. There's a fleet of like seven of them or something yeah. show up. There's and she just seven big them. ships, and they've all got these little attack, attack ships that come yeah. off otherwise. And if you want to talk about like an escalation of power, it goes from her like 1v1ing a bunch of people, like just fighting them in a, a big brawl in space. On ground level, just. Yeah. Just, just yeah, it's a martial arts. And yeah. that's the one thing that bugged me this movie was the fight choreography could have been a little better. There was a lot more shaky cam than I wanted to. And there could have been a lot more interesting. That's the thing for me was that that first scene when they're doing like the martial arts kind of uh, sparring, I was like, are we going to get like a really well produced, there's going to be some like good technical beatdowns here. Yeah. That'd be fun. But Marvel don't really make kung fu movies. No. So they didn't well, do they, that. They tried <laughs> with Iron Fist and yeah. that did not go well. So that escalates from like a brawl Mm-hmm. to her you her realizing she can fly in space is in fuck it fly <laughs> hitching a ride on a a rejection pod beating down her former captain with the funniest kind of like it's that great thing of like the build up of all the hype of finally we'll show that we'll fight in the final showdown of this movie and she's just going no I'm not dealing with this shit right now just blasting him in the face <laughs> it, it, it's, it's sword versus gun from Indiana Jones when he, yeah. the, the guy comes <laughs> in and does all the cool sword and Harrison Ford just shoots them my, have I told you my favourite example of that? no Ong Back 3 it's a guy sets up with a massive like 30 second like stretching flexing like positioning martial arts move and the guy pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the guy's... <laughs> it's just a complete... No. <laughs> We're not doing this today. Bang. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, but then she immediately, like... She chases after her friends, takes down a fighter plane... Yeah. Uh, by, Effortlessly. Yeah. Just bodies it. Remember what Gohan did to Raditz? <laughs> like that. flying headbutt in his chest? That's pretty much what she does to a few ships. Um, and then she flies into space to fight an entire space fleet. And none of it feels wrong. Was that weird for you that you watched that happen, that like last 15 minutes? And you're like, I'm down with all of it. <laughs> for me, it was perfectly... What's the word? Like, perfectly summarised by Brie Larson in the movie. When she just goes, I've been fighting with one hand tied behind my back this entire time. Yeah. Or little did you know that the other hand has a fucking nuke in it. <laughs> like It was ridiculous because you think, oh, she's going to be, oh shit, what the, hey. <laughs> it just escalates so yeah. quickly. And the fact that at one point when she's like punching through the ship, you hear her like going like, woohoo. Yeah, she's just whooping away. <laughs> you hear her whoop as she like smashes through a ship and you're like, you just killed a thousand people. <laughs> I kind of would, just, just for me because I like, I like a bit like a bit of the comedy I would have liked her just to land back on earth and just you know act woozy or something for a couple of seconds just going I've never done that before <laughs> <laughs> yeah like realistic react to the fact you just flew into space punched through a ship and flew back down in the space of 60 seconds yeah it was a very quick scene so that was that was definitely I'd say the highlight of the movie is towards the end once things start to just pick up pace 
we're not dealing with the weird convoluted mess of the kind of memories and stuff. Mm. Once everything's in place, I think it could have taken a lot less time. It's like a two-hour movie. Yes. If they'd taken a little bit of time off that to just not bother with twisting it up at the beginning, this would have been like an eight. Yeah, I think easily there, there could have been things that, that boosted that up. Because to me, I, th- I still think 6.5 is, is quite generous for it. Uh, just in terms of certain things. If they tightened up the first the first act, yeah. maybe changed things, maybe done it in a different way that would have been better. The middle, I can see they keep that where it is. It, what would genuinely bump it up to, say, maybe an 8.5 for me, is if they changed how Fury lost his eye. It was funny, but at the yeah. same time... It's a throwaway gag. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's one of the most important things in the, in the cinematic universe, or any Marvel universe that has Nick Fury in it. How does Fury lose his eye? In the comic books, it was because of Wolverine. <laughs> he gets in the wrong side of Wolverine, Wolverine scratches his yeah. fucking eye out. To be fair, though, it's not like they could do that. Because yeah, it's not like they could do that, but... Although that has gone through. Disney is now buying Fox. Yeah, Disney has bought Fox. As of yeah. No, no, but like the, the, yeah. the legal things are in place. It's like the, the government's okayed it, so now it's... Yeah. As of the through. 20th of March, so what, six days ago? To a week ago, almost? Yep. They now own all of Fox. And I think... It's certain ways, though. Fox News is still owned by Fox. Yeah. It's the, the Disney went after TV and movie studios. Yeah. I don't think they're allowed to do sports because they also own ESPN, so they yeah. can't have Fox Sports. Yeah, they can't have competing. Um... And then I think they relied a couple of things like television, a couple of like digital licensing things. Yeah, I think basically anything that's the news, sports, and a couple of other things that's still Fox. Yeah. So, but I think yeah, TV, all the affiliate TV studios for Fox, all the movie studios, that's now all the animation studios. For example, the big one I'm interested in is Family Guy. How long does Family Guy have? I thought Family Guy was finished. Is it still going? I don't know. That's the thing is, it, we've lost track of it. But at the same time, I think it's still trundling on in a lesser form in the same way as The Simpsons as well. I genuinely think, because Disney are very, this isn't working, let's close the book. Like what they did with Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and The Punisher. They've all been cancelled and they're getting a reboot, Yeah, which I think is dumb. Because unless they're doing reboot, they're going to keep the same characters, they're just going to do it in a different way. Uh, It's a bit shit, but still, we're still getting the same character, the same actors doing the same job. But in a different setting, I can live with that. But if they're just taking people who did this job previously and just saying, no, you can go away, we're going to do our own thing, that's crap because you had a really good Daredevil, really good Jessica Jones. I didn't like Iron Fist, but the character was right. Mm-hmm. They just It was written poorly because no one knew how to write this sort of street-level superhero, but also try and make it a kung fu show. Mm-hmm. And then you had Jessica... Then you had the, also, um, how many kung fu shows do you know? It's very, it can't be easy to make it, yeah, like a kung fu movie is easy because it's one story. Yeah. How do you keep that movie, like how do you keep that running through a TV show? But to get it back on track, like it's not like they could have done the whole Wolverine takes Nick Fury's eye thing. Yeah. Just because of the whole licensing thing that made being a cop, like a fan of those movies are right pain in the ass the last couple of years. But I, I actually wish Nick Fury was better. Like the one, the one, the twist is that the cat that's just hanging around isn't really a cat. Yeah, it's, it's like a third, a third it's one dimensional Yeah, and it lays eggs. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. Uh, but yeah, it, they they use that as a kind of get out of jail free card. Couple, uh, a couple, a couple times. times, and I wish for I wish for one of those, Nick Fury had just picked up a gun and shot a couple people. Yeah, just to prove because for a lot of the movie, although he's a kind of in the field kind of detective guy. Yeah. He's kind of bumbling a little bit. Like yeah. he's not—he's not like on point Nick Fury that we know now. Where 
he's a badass who like watches half the world burn and goes, I know what to do yeah, and Nick does Fury, something. Yeah. Nick Fury is, is quite well stated that he's had a military career before he was a spy, before he joined S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. He was part of the Howling Commandos. They were basically a squad of people that were just got sent in to, you know, break the unbreakable door, fight, yeah. the unfi- fight the unwinnable fight. He was part of them, so he can, he's well, he's skilled. But that doesn't come across. It doesn't come across. I just wish, just, just for once, that he'd picked up the gun and, like, yeah. he'd he'd done his part for the movie because it kind of feels like he's just along for the ride, which is a shame because he's great. Yeah, because you see in Avengers Assemble, he is just he's taking out dudes one after the other when yeah. the the helicarrier goes down, mm-hmm. when Loki's fucking around and trying to separate them all. Nick Fury's holding his own. He, there's people. There's about twelve bodies in that one scene alone that can be attributed to him. Yeah, just putting them down. So yeah, I agree with you there. There's not a because really, it would have worked with use of Fury. He has a good relationship with the the scroll commander, the scroll yeah. general, and like it would be good to see him kind of have that moment of like, oh, we are allies, we're equals, yeah. we're we're friends, we we you know we're bonded now yeah. through this moment of combat. Like it would have been good to have that on screen, but yeah. I mean, I guess having the cat do the same thing twice, yeah, totally justifies it, especially when it's a thing that uh, what's his name, uh, fucking Groot already did. Yeah, it's already been done. When, because when I saw the long shot, like when he does it in a short space, he does his thing. I'm not gonna spoil it because it's quite funny. Yeah. But when he does it in a short range, I'm like, mm, okay, that was funny. Then when he does it long range, I'm like, that's just the Groot thing. Yeah, that's just <laughs> he did the Groot thing, and I'm pretty sure it's the same camera angle as well. Yeah. I'm not entirely. I need to go back and check that, but I'm pretty sure it's the same camera angle of Groot doing that. Did but, it annoy you that Carol Danvers just knew what the Tesseract was? Because at one point she just goes, "Oh, that's the Tesseract." Like, literally, almost the same mm. kind of inflection that I just go, that's the Tesseract. Not, oh my god, we no. found the, like, yeah. source of power. <laughs> we found the cosmic cube. It's yeah. one of the most powerful energy sources in the galaxy. Yeah. It's just Tesseract. Yeah. But there's, like there's some weird thing car, like, of... It's Tesseract, man. There's a weird thing that happens in the in the movie where, uh, we talk about, like, foreshadowing. This is a weird foreshadow I think some people have missed. I want to get your opinion on it as well. Did you notice that Carol Danvers never queries slang? When Carol Danvers lands, like, Fury just shows up and he's a beat cop. Yeah. He's talking in slang to an alien. And she never queries any of it. However, when the uh, the scroll arrive later on, she Carol Danvers says, I'm going to shove this boot somewhere that you're not going to like. And he goes... What does that mean? Because it's an idiom. He doesn't know what it means. Yeah. It, we all know. It means she's going to shove her foot up your ass. And they have to explain that to him. Carol Danvers never does. Because she's from Earth. She knows Earth slang. She knows yeah. Earth ideas, American ideas. Because she's a, she's a former pilot. She would have heard that type of shit all the time. Yeah. I never thought about that no, until like later on. I was like, damn. Did they foreshadow that? Or did they just accidentally not write that part where she needs to have things explained to her. I think, yeah, I think for pacing's sake, yeah, they didn't write, they didn't write that in because can you imagine how exhausting would it be if uh, Fury's going over <laughs> her and saying, like, if she says something, like, says something along the lines, you better check yourself and she just starts, you know, checking her armour or something like that and like, no, that means you better watch what you say and she's yeah. like, how can I watch what I say? If you have that literal kind of character it treads very much on Drax the Destroyer's brand <laughs> from Guardians of the Galaxy but also it damages pacing quite quite heavily yeah because then you have to stop and explain things and there's, there's usually inevitably a montage where this character is going oh so that's what this means and then you have to deal with yeah. yet another 
internet bro- like pre-broadband internet montage where she's trying to find all this shit on a yeah. dial-up modem. Which I, I think that explains it a lot about, well, that for me was like a little head kind of thing of, uh, they did foreshadow that. I mean, they might have also just not bothered to write it, but yeah. I would just kind of give them the credit for yeah. being smarter than they might or may not have been. But yeah. I think now, like, we've seen how that movie ends. Now when people say, oh, Captain Marvel will solve the Thanos problem, I'm like, okay, now I can see why. <laughs> have you seen why the internet, or how the internet wants uh, Endgame to end? Yes. With Ant-Man going into Thanos' ass. <laughs> Expanding <out. laughs> There's a picture that i see. seen. Do you remember uh, Keenan Kel from from Nickelodeon? Yes. Right. It's the guy, uh, Keenan Thompson. Someone superimposed his face onto Thanos and he's making a kind of like worried mm. face. Yeah. And it's just Keenan Thompson's face on Thanos and the caption reads, when you feel a tickle in your ass and you haven't seen Ant-Man for the past five minutes, <laughs> it's just this kind of worried face. Yeah. <laughs> it's become the new meme. It's been yeah. brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think I hope they reference it. But in a kind of like, how do we kill him? I'm not flying in his ass. <laughs> I think there's nothing else we can really talk about for Captain Marvel. Unless nah, you've got stuff. I think we're done. Uh, yeah. The only thing that um, I would like to say is actually actually in praise of it is the the changing of how Captain Marvel or how Carol Danvers gets her powers. Because yeah. originally it was just this kind of almost by osmosis. Yeah. She stood next to the original Captain Marvel, who was, I think it was actually called Walter Sawyers. Yeah. Just so they, just as a kind of, like, analogue between the two characters from the original to the movie. Uh, she just stood next to the original, the male Captain Marvel and somehow by osmosis gained powers or there was some kind of explosion or leak or something that kind of bonded their DNA. Yeah. And it was also heavily hinted that because they had a sexual relationship, there was some kind of transfer there. And I'm very <laughs> glad they got rid of that, if that is the case. Yeah. But yeah, I just like that they've updated yeah. it. And to be fair, it's probably one of the better first going Marvel movies. Yeah. But I still think, yeah, I'd say about 6.5 overall yeah. for it. So you're starting out, we'll talk. Yeah. Give us the director's cut where the, like, the start kind of makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah, give us the give us the director's cut when there's more things in there. Maybe there's Fury being a badass. Maybe there's yeah, yeah, more. But to it. it's one of those things of you'll need to see this now in cinema before Avengers comes out at the end of the month. Yeah, so uh, you're kind of gonna have to go see it like now yeah. and not wait for DVD, which is weird because this is like a good DVD movie. Yeah, it's a good movie if you want to watch something where you could pause it. Yeah. I think if you if you're in the cinema and you and you miss something, I think that kind of damages the film. I think you need to be able to watch it. Yeah. Maybe say pause it and say, "Oh, what the hell's happening here?" Or maybe look up something, see how that connects to something else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll end our spoiler discussion here. Yeah. So, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, we'll take a quick technical break just to fuck with you. Yeah. And now we're actually back. Yes, we are. Yep. Yes, audio levels are fine and everything. So, uh, yeah, let's. Um, now that we're done with talking about Captain Marvel, you actually we kind of glossed over the fact that you've been playing Spider Man on the PS4. Yep, I finally got around to playing it because I, I did put it off for quite a while, and I, for good reason that, um, oh my older brother wanted to play it first. So I thought right, I'll take a step back. There's plenty for me to play just now, so I finally got around to playing it, and it is genuinely going back to I get we don't you don't really like attaching numbers to things but it's genuinely a 9.5 game yeah it is fucking perfect it nails all the aspects of Mm Spider-Man the swinging mechanics are fucking perfect how you can interact with the city how every little smokestack chimney brick wall can be vaulted off to give you more speed 
And on that, the speed that you can pick up when going through the city, you can go from one end of Manhattan to the other quick as fuck. Yeah. It is ridiculous. I do remember them showing the uh, like swing mechanics to one of the people from like Insomniac who developed the original. Yeah, from uh, the like Spider-Man the, 2. Yeah, Spider-Man movie the PS2 2 clock tie-in. Yeah, it was apparently... It was easily regarded as the best cause it, and because it nailed the swing mechanic. And when that guy yeah. stands up and says, you guys nailed the swing yeah, mechanic. Yeah, you got it good. Yeah. yeah. And the game itself... It's just it's it doesn't really follow any comic storylines. This is just a group of writers similar to the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. They just thought, let's let's just make our own story. Let's just do something that's Spider Man at its core, but something that's totally new. So it's kind of a it's it's a story where Spider Man's already established. People know who Spider Man is. Mm-hmm. It takes into account some of the old Spider Man, like so going on. He's already met certain characters. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson was the editor of the Daily Bugle. Now he he hosts an <laughs> Infowars type chat show where he just kind of shouts on Spider-Man's a fucking menace. Spider-Man this, Spider-Man that. Mayor Osborn, what do you think of Spider-Man? Oh, I like Spider-Man. No, he's a menace. Like, <laughs> I like that people make fun of the uh, the uh, Alex Jones style podcast, but in the same world that that's happening, there's Mayor Osborn. <laughs> yeah, Mayor Osborn. Nobody queries that. <laughs> who is... When people... When you see... It's not hard. Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. the original Green Goblin. In this, he's not. He's not the Green Goblin. This, and this is just Mayor Osborn, uh, CEO of Oscorp. Uh, when you see him, he looks Trump. <laughs> like he looks old man. He's got the overly done hair. He's got that kind of smug demeanor about him. You, you can tell that the people at Insomniac Games just went, "We're going to take a dig here. <laughs> we'll lose some fans, but we're going to take a yeah, dig. we're going to take a dig." Uh, so there's this kind of well-established, and there's these well-established Spider-Man, he's kind of got his name about there, uh, and there's this, like, they've cherry-picked some really, really good villains for this game, because you've got Kingpin as the opening sort of tutorial fight, mm-hmm. and it's one of the strongest openings to a game I've ever played. Like, how the how the fight ha- the fight goes on, it teaches you how to play the game, and how the sort of set pieces continue, because you start at the top of uh, Fisk Tower, and you just basically fight your way down, mm-hmm. and you realise that Wilson Fisk is not only an intelligent stupidly uh, a very intelligent you know very street savvy man who rules the you know the new york criminal underworld it's also a very strong man because he punches spider-man through through uh <laughs> through the floor and it's, the two of them have a fist fight mid-air and obviously spider-man wins like coming towards the end one of the strongest openings to a superhero game ever maybe second to again arkham knight and that's going to be a, a point that i keep coming back to yeah spider-man to me is very comparable to arkham knight the last Batman game because to me they're kind of the same style of game it's just let's take these superheroes let's take like the sort of the best of their cast of villains let's take the supporting cast and let's just make something that honours these characters where I say that Arkham Knight to me is a 10 out of 10 game obviously there's a bit of personal bias there but it honours the legacy of Batman a bit more because you've got legacy voice actors in there Spider-Man has got fantastic voice acting in there but there's no one that you look and think oh he voiced Spider-Man in that or she voiced Mary Jane in that. It's all just new They're actors. Not bringing the band back together yeah. for one last go behind the mic. But when you go to Arkham Knight, you've got Mark Hamill in there as Joker. You've got Kevin Conroy uh, reprising Batman with that fucking awesome voice of And you've got uh, like villains who have got sort of legacy voices as well. And you've got like new people coming in. You've got uh, what is it? the guy that was he was in Breaking Bad. They played the character, I think his nickname was Mr. In-N-Out. Uh, I can't, can't remember. remember. I, I remember he was the one of the bald, he was a bald dude, he was a kind of hitman type character, really good character in Breaking Bad. He plays Commissioner Gordon. 
and there's all these other casting car- uh, cast of characters that inform the sort of legacy of the thing because they said, I used to love, or mm. they, I've took this performance from the Batman animated series and I'm going to build on that. Is uh, <clears throat> Spider-Man not voiced by Yuri Lowenthal? Going to be my next point. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yuri Lowenthal, I think he's maybe in his 40s. Dude sounds like he's Peter Parker. Like yeah. he's <laughs> a veteran anime voice actor, yeah. and he's. I don't think there's much. Like, yeah, I think I don't think there's a lot of sort of effect on his voice to young him down. There might be a little bit because obviously, isn't his forties? It'd be hard to kind of maintain a like twenty six, twenty seven year old voice when you're maybe up there in the years. But yeah, it's really damn good. Uh, the the girl, who, the woman who his voice saying Mary Jane, I think it's Laura Bailey. That sounds about right. I Again, guess she fucking hits it out of the park. Uh, I think Yuri Lowenthal even got his wife in there. Tara Platt, she voices uh, Yuri Watanabe, the pl- the police captain. All right. Really, really solid performance. Um, but voice acting aside, because voice acting in the game is stellar because uh, Yuri Lowenthal recorded all of his lines twice. Once when he's just walking around, you know, on the streets of New York, yeah. just at a normal pace. He's recorded them when he's doing them that way, but he's also recorded the lines for when you're swinging through the swinging through like the a high octane, like so when woohoo version, it, yeah. Or the high octane, it's just will be the just the line is, oh hey Aunt me, I'll be there soon. It'll yeah. be the normal way to say it. Or when he's swinging a bit, hey Aunt me, I'll be there soon. So there's like yeah. you can hear there's a little bit more stress in the voice. So you can see that he's actually putting an effort in the swinging. A little attention to detail. That's fucking awesome. Really, really kind of puts really separates it in terms of what other games came out that year. Yeah, but uh, the where it fails slightly in my mind is the combat. The combat is very samey. There's not enough variation in the combos. There's not enough variation in the the finishers, the the different moves that you can do. I think they could do with spicing it up a little bit, but it does the job well, so there's not really much to complain about. Right. So, like, is it mostly, like, I'm guessing, like, the, the like, fist, fisticuffs is fine. Like, just on the ground with, like, a couple people, you just yeah. you can box your way through that quite well. His fighting style is kind of cap aware, right? He does a lot of like weird spin kicks and he uses kind of his acrobatics to his advantage which yeah. obviously the same Spider-Man would do yeah that's really standard yeah. Spider-Man game play yeah and what helps the game and hinders it is the fact that Spider-Man can't take a lot of damage hmm. he's a very small he's like frame wise obviously he's superhero build but he's a smaller person yeah. he can't take much damage and it's particularly when people are walking about with firearms and they've got like charged mystical energies from Mr. Negative yeah it's going to hurt so Spider-Man can't really take that much damage. You can upgrade them so it gets reduced, but it, ultimately you could easily lose most of your health bar to about five dudes. Yeah. Like five goons just, you know, hitting you with either blunt weapons or just with regular fists and feet. You Which do you can't isn't the worst thing if you think about it. Like when it comes to especially Spider-Man, he is still like the kid from Queens. Like, yeah. You know, he's still he's not the biggest guy in the block. I mean, yeah, he can, he's got the powers of a spider, but yeah. He's still just a kid. Yeah, he's, st- he's still just a kid, and he's still, he's still, obviously, he's superhuman, but he still is human. He can still take a lot of damage, mm-hmm. and he's not as trained as, just say, Batman, for example, because Batman has trained his body from the ages of 18 to 30, yeah. just to kind of be the ultimate weapon. Spider-Man Hanging with, like, ninja clans and stuff yeah. like that, and just beating the shit out of each other. Trained with Lady him. Shiva, trained with the League of Shadows, trained yeah. with various different masters up, up and down the globe. Uh, Whereas Spider-Man, he's mainly self-taught. Yeah. He might have done a bit of training with, say, Black Widow or something, or he might have done a bit of training with... Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but his nickname is like the Kung Fu Master. No, right. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, not, he's not Iron Fist. It may be something related to Iron Fist, but I can't fucking remember. 
But he's done some training. It's just some guy. It's just some dude with a headband. <laughs> some mall ninja shit, you know. Yeah, just, like, yeah, just six easy payments of $30 and they'll teach you how to fight. He's <laughs> uh, done some training, but ultimately he's not that well trained. So it makes sense that Spider-Man's going to be caught off guard. It makes sense that he's not going to know all the tricks of the trade. He's going to be relying more so on his powers than he is skills. He's yeah. going to be... The fact that he's got his webs, he's got his speed, he's got his super strength, that's going to be re- relied on more than, you know, just skill and, you know, different Ability to take a fist to the face, yeah. you know. Whereas if you flash it to Batman, Batman's going to be able to say, right, I'm going to have to take this hit, but I can compensate with doing this move and I can use this style, this form, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I haven't finished the game, but from what I've played so far, it's just, it's ridiculous. You could easily spend a good... Like a good few hours just swinging through the city, reacting to crime. Because as you're swinging through the city, you'll maybe get a phone call from uh, Dr. Otto Octavius, who becomes you know a villain later on in the game. Yeah. Uh, but you're working with him to kind of uh, revolutionise robotics for mm. uh, prosthetic arms and stuff. So you're working working with him, you'll get a phone call from him going, I've made a breakthrough, you need to come to Octavius Labs. And you have to swing to Octavius Labs through New York City. Or you can fast travel if you're a bitch. <laughs> I was having a conversation. If you want to be bad at the game. Yeah, if you don't want to take advantage of the beautiful swinging in the mechanics in the game. If you want yeah. to miss the point. Yeah, if you want to take the subway, because that's, I will say this, there's one point where it railroads you into fast travelling. You just basically sit on the subway, fully dressed as Spider-Man, like taking selfies with people. Like, I think you need to do that once for the joke, because it's funny. Yeah, you have to do it once in the game, because it's, or you have to fast travel to your apartment. Because right. you're, uh, I think you need to pick something up or something. Yeah. Then it leads to the most annoying... Uh, fetch quest ever because you get evicted from your apartment then you have to go and find all your stuff right I think it's taken to a dump because you need a flash drive or something that was in your stuff right it's pretty funny but at the same time it is a fetch quest I fucking hate fetch quests um I was going to ask something fuck just totally lost it I'll find that and edit that out (laughs) that's fine um fuck what was this what have we covered aye you can if you're swinging to a certain point in the game, because mm-hmm. you take advantage of the swinging mechanic, you'll, you'll maybe get a sort of red triangle in your screen with an exclamation mark saying, oh, crime happening, so you can go and f- deal with the crime. Okay. I personally am um, a few more hours into the game than I should be because I can't not respond to the crimes. <laughs> I was sitting playing it with my brother there, and my brother just says, you know you can just forget about the crime and go straight to the mission, but who's going to keep New York safe? I'm Spider-Man. I was going to actually ask that was a forgot what I was going to ask but it was are you dealing with crime as it happens oh yeah because I know you're a bit of a completionist sometimes and I get the feeling that you were going to enjoy this game and you would go to try and complete it with 100% platinum and uh, I, I don't everyone know I've seen says that if you finish the game and then go back to just kind of mop up the bits and pieces it's a fucking nightmare I've been doing it as I go along because I don't know what it is if I get an alert in any game Mm-hmm. I can need to deal with that before I can go back to the main path. All right. It's some kind of weird autistic kind of, <laughs> I can't, I need to deal with this thing before I can deal with this thing or this kind of, like, I'm, I'm going towards B, but uh, there's, or I'm going towards 2, but 1.5 is fucking right in my face. See, it's, it's funny that you rationalise it that way because I do the exact opposite for the division. I'll ignore some people who are, oh, we need your hand dealing with this. And I'm like, I actually have to go deal with this. Like, I'm I, like, mm. yeah, every life's important and whatever, but you can yeah. handle that. I gotta go actually kill this guy. Yeah. I gotta go over here. But it's funny that you rationalise it kind of the same way as that in character you have to follow every little instruction yeah. of like help. <laughs> yeah. And it's also that 
it leans back to that in any Marvel property, the NYPD or the police department in that particular area where the superheroes are the most incompetent sons of bitches you've ever met. Like <laughs> the police are only going to fuck this up, and it's 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 a a gang that have weird en- negative energy powers. They're not going to be equipped for that. I'm Spider Man. I'm going to go deal with that shit. And I'm going to get the XP for it. Why am I going to turn down XP for just doing a couple of combos? As I say, we, we, like, we frame the police department as incompetent in some Marvel stuff. At the same time, there's also people running around like manipulating ma- ma- reality as it seems. Yeah. And it just kind of make you go, hey, you guys suck at your job. Well, technically their job doesn't include this shit. Yeah. So, and if it, if it does, if it is supposed to include this shit, they should have more than a 9mm pistol. Yeah, they should, they should have more than just Kevlar and some, <laughs> some bullets. Because that guy is made out of pure iron and is punching you repeatedly in the face. This guy in the giant rhino suit could actually crush you. That horn on his head is sharp. (laughs) You will get get gored. It is not a toy. (laughs) (laughs) He's not fucking around. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just can't. If I see that little red triangle with the exclamation mark pop up on screen, I can't leave it. (laughs) It's like a a fly buzzing in the room. I'm like, motherfucker, I need to go and deal with it. Right then, we're dealing with this. <laughs> it literally happened before I, I headed up to record the podcast. I was going to do a mission where I had to go and see Aunt May in the sort of homeless shelter that she works at. Okay. Uh, which is a backdrop that they use in the game. It's fucking. It's pretty cool how they do it. Uh, I was going to go and see Aunt May, but then two of the red triangles popped up at once and I went, fuck that's not it. <laughs> I'm not getting to this mission anytime soon, so I went and did them. And I was swinging there, then I kind of got distracted by more collectibles on the way. <laughs> And I was just like, I'm never going to be done with this game anytime soon. <laughs> I'm trying to get it done before I need to start revising for exams and shit. But yeah, I think it's going to need to be a couple all-nighters before I can get it finished. All-nighters for gaming are fun. Yeah. If they're worth it. And if, if a game like this comes along, you really kind of have to indulge yourself a little bit and just enjoy the good times. Because I think I've not done this heavy a collect-a-thon since maybe Breath of the Wild, mm. where I had to do 120 fucking shrines and... I think it had to collect 80 pieces of fucking armour and ah, it was a nightmare. What suit are you running? What suit am I running? I am sticking with the original Scarlet Spider costume. All right. Which is just the full red with the blue hoodie with the, the kind of large spider on it. Yeah. I mean, I've unlocked other costumes, but none of them really look that cool. Because yeah. for me, when it, especially when I was reading the original sort of run of Spider-Man comics, Spider-Man was always this... Like the blue and red with the kind of webs on it and stuff. And then when the Scarlet Spider came along, I was like, holy shit, this is cool. This is fucking punk. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that because it had the weird, it had the wrist bracelet, it had the wrist things on with the little uh, canisters on it. And it had the like the hoodie as well. The hoodie was just, it looked so fucking cool. So just to kind of indulge that eight-year-old me that was reading Spider-Man comics, I'm still I'm still running this, mm-hmm. the Scarlet Spider costume. I uh, I just enjoyed from uh, Russian Badger's video on it. He said that there's obviously the, the scene... Uh, like if there's any cinematics, it still uses the suit that you're wearing. Yeah. So if you use the Carnage suit, which <laughs> is like the massive open jaw, and you have uh, Black Cat try to be all seductive, like, come on, I just want your lips, and you just cut to Carnage's face with no lips, <laughs> just this massive, just monstrous massive mouth, <laughs> <laughs> this screaming hell pit of a face. <laughs> just, I oh, just want to feel your lips, baby. Just <laughs> this horrible thing. Yeah. Just a horrific distended jaw. I think that's definitely good. I've I've heard that in Spider-Man, at the end of Spider-Man 1, which the sequel's coming. The way I, from what I've heard, in the end of 1, they foreshadow so many different villains. Yeah. Including Venom. So I think Venom and Carnage are going to be down the line for the, 
next game. And I definitely know the reason why the black suit, the Venom suit, wasn't in Spider-Man 1 is because they wanted to make that an actual plot point in a subsequent game. Okay. They didn't want to kind of just put it in there and say, oh, here's the, the black and white suit. Yeah, We're going to actually make it something yeah. in the next game. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Because I do know there's a bit of a shit show around the Sam Raimi costume. It doesn't look that, good. Yeah, I, th- I think it was an issue where it wasn't included in the original game. Yeah, it wasn't included. It came as a later thing. Yeah, it wasn't included in the original game. And people were saying, where's the Raimi suit? Where's the Raimi suit? Eventually, Insomniac... Well, from what I can read, Insomniac said, right, you guys really want this in the game. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you it's free DLC. Mm-hmm. Just because we feel that this could have been, should have been in the game the first time, but it took us long enough to put it in there. Uh, they said, right, here it's free DLC. The reaction to that was... They're giving it to you to shut you up because you've been so vocal, so active, so vitriolic about this. This is basically Insomniac saying, shut up, here's your thing. And then, obviously, that got back to Insomniac and said, no, 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 we're giving it because we want to give you it. Don't yeah. look at it. And then there was this fucking horrendous back and forth. <laughs> just the internet gaming community doing what it yeah. does best, shitting on its own just fucking plate. <laughs> eating its own face off. Yeah. So yeah, I just I'd, I'd heard something about it. I wasn't sure entirely how it went down. Yeah. It doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, because the weird thing about it, if you watch the the Sam Raimi Spider Man films, Tobey Maguire is pretty fucking big. He's like got the big broad shoulders. He's kind of there's a lot more definition about him. So he's kind of a wider set Spider Man. Yeah. But then when you put him in the game, he's a lot smaller. Kind of got that swimmer's body about him, like the more like the sort of smaller streamlined body. It looks squished. And the head looks a lot smaller. <laughs> right. It doesn't. It looks just slightly off to me, so I haven't used it. All right. I just that was that was the one I was curious about because I remember hearing about the the controversy yeah. and not actually knowing what's going on because I don't have a PS4, I don't yeah. have the game, so I'm like, ah, you nerds, go do your thing. Okay. Yeah. That's a good game. I definitely highly recommend it. If anyone has a PS4 or is thinking about getting a PS4, I definitely say Spider Man is one of the games that you should you should pick up. Nice. The next game after that, I'm looking to pick up once I've finished exams and once I've finished Spider Man, I will be looking to get God of War. All so right. we'll hopefully talk about that on the show sometime soon. I've I've seen and heard great things. I've I've heard that as well, but one friend of the podcast hates it. Ooh. Argic. Oh really? He played it for three hours straight and he couldn't do it. Really? <laughs> I was talking to him about it and because I just asked him out of the blue, I said, thinking about Bang God of War for PlayStation, a like give me a rundown, what do you think of it? He went, Terrible. I cannot get in it. I've tried I've tried playing it on easy mode, tried playing it on hard mode, tried playing it on normal. I just can't get myself into the game. Mm. It's just too different from the other games. And I went, isn't that kind of why it's good? And he went, you'd think. But (laughs) (laughs) apparently people just like the mindless, brutal Kratos from the original games. Personally, I think I prefer the newer ones because I hated the original God of War. I had God of War 1 on PS2 and I thought, this is just a poor man's Devil May Cry. Like, get rid of this shit. Give me the actual Devil May Cry. I I I think with your kind of background and association with like uh, fighting games, yeah, and like button mashing games or not button mashing, but like tempo fighting games, like Spider Man, like Batman games, mm. it might be more your style than his, yeah, because uh, he's a little busy doing speed running, yeah, constantly, yeah, and his schedule is nightmarish. So if you want to go and uh, show our boy Argic some love, go on uh, Twitch Twitch TV forward slash Argic, watch some of his streams, mainly Sonic based. Yeah, but yeah, go go and show the guy some love. He'll be busy. We'll see him around. Yeah, maybe on the main stage in Somnia. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We, yeah, maybe we're not sure. It's weird to say that someone that we used to hang about with at fucking high school is like, oh, he's he's on a main stage somewhere. Yeah, like good on you. But yeah. it's weird to say. It's kind of like when someone becomes a dad, you're like that guy's a dad. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, 
Let's say actually Devil May Cry 5. Have yep. you started that? Have you played started that at all? And finished it twice. And finished it twice. Okay. Yeah, once on uh, Devil Hunter mode, once on uh, Son of Sparta mode. Holy shit, I cannot stress enough that this game is fucking amazing. Right. Uh, you play as the setup for the game is you play as three different characters. You can play as Nero, who is the sort of up and coming fledgling devil hunter. You've got Dante, of course, the legendary devil hunter, and you've got this mysterious character called V. Uh, Nero, he plays him in Devil May Cry 4. He had the demon arm that he could use to do all these cool sick combos with. Mm-hmm. That has been ripped off him by some unknown demon. And he's basically been, he's found someone that creates the, dun- the guns for Dante, mm-hmm. the sort of legendary uh, gunsmith. Like mm-hmm. one of her descendants has made him a replacement robotic arm. And that's the, his whole gimmick throughout the game is he can find different robotic arms that will like, help him do different things. They'll have different abilities throughout the, throughout the game. With Dante, his thing is always uh, devil arms and uh, firearms. You'll mm-hmm. get different guns and different swords and stuff that will help him throughout them, the missions. With V, he's more of a summoner because he's a tiny, weak, frail man. He's got like a panther, doesn't he? He's panther got a panther a and a... It's basically just a giant eagle type thing, but it's called Griffin. Uh, right. The panther's called Shadow and the gi- giant eagle thing's called Griffin. Hmm. One of them is... In, the Griffin's in charge of ranged attacks. The panther goes in and just shreds things. And his uh, devil trigger allows him to summon this big massive goliath that just slams things about. I hadn't heard about the goliath. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and one of V's gimmicks is he can read a book that refills his devil trigger. <laughs> so he can just let the, the bird and the panther just destroy things. You just sit and read in your book. I have full devil trigger. Summon the goliath. <laughs> and just it has a move that we can just uh, send this beam across the stage and just sends explosions like some kind of weird Power Rangers thing. Nice. It's pretty cool. The only problem is he can't take much damage because he's a tiny squishy man. Yeah. I've, did, I've heard that his is the, not quite the hardest, but it's the challenge of yeah. moving yourself in 3D space as well as targeting yeah. uh, for your attacks for the, the panther and the, the griffin. Yeah, because you have to target with them and they can't kill demons, they can only damage them. Right. So you, then you need to warp in and stab them with your cane. Right. And it, kind of, it becomes this extra challenge of you're locking on, you're, you're kind of macromanaging these two characters because you can split them and they can attack different things and it becomes a... A thing of can you move in kill that enemy or finish off that enemy before another one starts attacking you or and you also have to watch the healthier uh, familiars as well so if they lose health you just basically need to stand next to them so the health refills quicker or you can you know keep a distance and it will come back slower yeah. so you need to kind of try and find this middle ground with v's combat and it's really really fun it's challenging but it's really fun when you get it right yeah but then you can flash to Dante and Nero when you're just like, I have a gun and a sword and I'm going to throw you up in the air and I'm going to shoot you a couple of times and I'm going to stab you in the head. It's, it's the difference between challenging fun and fun fun. And just stupid dumb fun. Like yeah. uh, what I like to call a dick flick when it's just right. like the Expendables, like Demolition Man or... I thought there was a move called a dick flick. No, there's like I just assume somebody like yeah. smacked someone in the dick yeah. with a sword <laughs> and shot him in the head. Probably. I might not have unlocked that skill yet, but... I kind of liken it to that where it's just something that's just fun. It, you don't need to think about it. It is just fun on a, to that kind of primal male part of your brain. You're just like, I'm going to throw him up in there. I'm going to stab him a couple of times. I'm going to switch to my nunchucks. I'm going to hit him with the nunchucks a couple of times. Then I'm going to hit him to the ground. I'm going to use my gauntlets to box his head a couple of times. There's something just that appeals to the primal part of the brain when you're pulling off these cool combos and you've seen all this carnage and shit in fo- uh, unfold in front of you. Where Devil May Cry 5 kind of falls flat is the story. The story is the thinnest plot to the game. Uh, thinnest plot to a game I've ever seen. Because the, like the, the series isn't the best. Yeah, the series isn't known for its story. The story's there, and what story you can glean is good. But the story for 5 is just kind of... 
Nero loses his arm. He finds the demon that's that it, ripped his arm and kind of unfolds a big plot from there. But it's more of a plot between Dante and the demon that you find. Uh, well, Dante, the demon that you find in V. Nero's just kind of there. Yeah. He's just like, no, this thing ripped my arm off. I'm going to fuck him up then. Dante says, no, you're not ready for this kid. With reason. There's a reason why he's trying to push him away. But mm. for the story purpose, he's like, no kid, you're just dead. Wait, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then the story kind of kicks off of there. But when it, when the plot elements come to light, it works. But more often than not, it's just Nero playing catch up. Because yeah. uh, Dante and V are kind of just going, oh, we know what's happening. We're going to go to the finish line. And Nero's just like, wait for me, guys. <laughs> hey, wait up for me. I got my friend. She's driving around in the van. I need help. Yeah. <laughs> I can't run as fast as a demon. <laughs> you guys are cheating. It's not fair. <laughs> Nobody said he'd be riding a panther. This is <laughs> bullshit. And uh, Dante can fly. This is cheating. <laughs> oh, weird to say, considering it is a Devil May Cry game, but Dante gets some character development. That's not right. It, it works. It kind of there's a moment where Dante, because Dante and Virgil are always in the kind of the shadow of their father, Sparda, the the legendary Dark Knight. He freed the, like, he freed the human world from the grip of the demon world. He can he separated the two. He fought on the side of the humans and ended the war between the humans and the demons, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I can't really remember. But uh, then at one point, Dante kind of goes, "Oh, right." I beat that guy that killed my dad. I'm better than him. Then there's this moment that he kind of surpasses him. He gains a new form. And what is known as the sort of legendary sword, Sparda, he kind of changes it. He makes it his own. Then there's this new sword called the Devil Sword Dante, which takes after him and it has these unique abilities based on Dante. Hmm. So there's this kind of character development where Dante accepts that he's not his dad, but he can be something different. Yeah. And you're just thinking, Capcom, you son of a bitch, why are you putting character <laughs> development? And then there's more character development towards the the real bad guy who I'm not going to spoil I mean it won't mean anything to you but I'll tell you off Mike yeah. uh, who the real bad guy is and Nero and you're like Capcom what the fuck are you doing you make Resident <laughs> Evil get- I mean even in Resident Evil 2 there was character development for them I'm like Capcom you've never done this before <laughs> clearly you've got new people in <laughs> who, are you guys learning to write <laughs> hey who said you could have heartwarming moments here yeah <laughs> but that's, Capcom are on fucking fire this year yeah, like over the past couple of years, because we've had Monster Hunter World, we've had, uh, we've had Resident Evil Two, we've had DMC Five, or it's looking like we're going to get Resident Evil Three remake, which people are not ready for, <laughs> right? Because you know about Resident Evil Three Nemesis, uh, vaguely, yeah. The whole premise of the thing is you play as Jill Valentine. She's trying to get out of Raccoon City because she's heard that the place is just going to get leveled, nuclear blast, wipe out Raccoon City, and to clean up any loose ends in Raccoon City, they've dropped in a tyrant called Nemesis. Mm-hmm. and its prime directive is to wipe out all the stars members because Wesker put the tyrant through its paces and the one thing that could easily kill them is the stars members because they've been trained appropriately Nemesis is just getting dropped in Raccoon City with pro- the, the prime directive kill all the stars members he's like Mr. X from Resident Evil 2 Remake you're probably seeing a couple of videos of him yeah. tormenting people he's like Mr. X except he has a rocket launcher and he can sprint Gamers are not ready for Resident Evil 3 Remake. <laughs> They're going to play that on hardcore mode and be like, oh, it's just like Mr. X. Wait, why is he sprinting? Where did the rocket launcher come from? I'm not ready. I, I think they should just bring it out. Maybe tweak the tyrant a bit, change it. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, they'll probably change Nemesis yeah. a bit because if they do make it exactly the same as Mr. X, the tyrant from RE2, mm-hmm. people are going to piss themselves. <laughs> or they could just leave it as is and people will just die <laughs> over or and over again make a twisted like a, a tweaked version for the normal gameplay but then on hardcore 
make it the exact same as the as the original. <laughs> and make it exactly what you think it was going to be, where it can follow you everywhere and just sprint <laughs> constantly. Yeah, I mean, like, you can just have that there, like, for the nostalgia version. Yeah. When you're playing a remake or the remaster, you might as well get some nostalgia in there. Yeah, may as well get a little bit of nostalgia in there. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where Capcom go. It has been hinted that they're going to do some other remakes outside of the Resident Evil genre. So I'm personally hoping we get a Dino Crisis remake. Because I think that would be fucking amazing. Or Time Crisis remake. That's not Capcom. Is it not? Namco. Oh. I has technically been Namco Banda. You know that's still going. Really? Time Crisis, yeah. If you go to any arcade in Scotland, you'll find a Time Crisis 6 machine. Hmm. Just, I'm thinking with like the, the dawn of VR and the AR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could pull that off, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bandai Namco, you're welcome for the idea. I mean, give us VR Time Crisis. Free money if you want it. Yeah. While you're at it, give us VR, that Jurassic Park Lost World arcade game that you used to get. I you think somebody's in. made a Jurassic Park experience. I uh, don't know if it's an official I one. Want it, I want it to be the light gun game that you used to see in the arcades when yeah. you would sit in the cabin of the the Jeeps from Jurassic Park. Yeah. And it'd just be you were on the safari and you had to shoot all the different uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> I fucking love that game. Whenever we went on the holiday, wherever we went on the family holiday down to Devon, there was yeah. this one huge big arcade that I was used to go to. I think I spent about five pounds in there, just fifty pence after fifty pence, just playing this one game. Actually, fucking that, fantastic. That I think game. about it. House of the Dead. Oh, dude, don't. House of the Dead. <laughs> I fucking love a House T- of the Dead. Typing game. of the Dead. Did you ever play Typing of the Dead? No. It's the most infuriating <laughs> game you ever played because I can touch type. Yeah. Uh, touch typing is a skill that I'm glad I have I'm just sitting on then it's asking you to type out full sentences I'm like oh, fuck I'm dead you shits <laughs> why it's a good way I mean it's probably a good way to teach people how to type under pressure like don't want to get eaten don't want to get eaten don't wanna, fuck I'm dead <laughs> dead because I couldn't spell encyclopedia <laughs> nobody can spell encyclopedia that's what Google's for <laughs> <laughs> that's what copy paste is for aren't you worry about this shit I uh I, yeah touch typing learn touch typing kids yeah, it's a if skill. You can type out, like, without looking at what you're typing. or you What freaks just, people out. Yeah. People aren't ready for it. They're yes. just sitting there like, da, 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 doing stuff, looking at other stuff, checking. and somebody looks at you and goes, you're not looking at what you're doing. I'm like, don't need to. <laughs> I freaked someone out doing that, at, uh, doing that at uni. One of my lecturers, uh, she walked up and she was speaking to me. Just, like, a general checking type thing. I was, like, still typing away, but just had my head, like, laptop's facing in front of me. My head was turned to the right. Just came, how are you doing that? I, went, I assumed everybody could touch type. I thought it was just a skill that people learned. Yeah, I, I think it's a different thing for us because we grew up on the internet and you need to like be able to respond to chat yeah. rooms and that would be how you would, you'd have to get your point in. Yeah. You can stop and look away or you could like, you would have to look, be able to look and do other stuff at the same time yeah. just like typing at 100 miles an hour. But I think that's, uh, it. the only adjustment you need to make is when you change keyboard. Because you can touch type for a specific device and you can probably have like one that you go to every day like I'm now at the point I can touch type on that, mm-hmm. the uh, the Logitech keyboard I've got over there. But if you switch to like a Dell keyboard, the spacing's slightly different. Yeah. Like this laptop, the keys are like wider, flatter. Yeah. And they're like, they're also like fatter. They're keys themselves. And there's a different gap between them as opposed to what's on the Logitech keyboard. You need to like relearn for each keyboard. But yeah. once you've got it, you fucking got it. Yeah, I I had the I had that problem when I was it was working as a youth worker. All my work was done on Apple. Ooh, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah pray for me. Oh. <laughs> I had to edit videos. I had to do all this different shit on an Apple, and I eventually did learn like you know the Apple button, all the the different layout of the keys. Mm. 
But then uh, we got rid of all the Apple computers and then we went back to these stupidly powerful Windows machines that cost the the church that I was working in several thousand pounds. Yeah. That they just had in the budget. Mysteriously, you know, yeah. God, God's got the spare cash. It's yeah. fine. God has gifted us these new Windows computers. But then I, I was like... I was like Is that an i7? Like, where the hell did you get that? <laughs> the graphics the graphics card is so powerful it has to have its own like cooling system. Ridiculous. I'm actually I'm looking into more gaming PCs now again because my brother's concerned get one, mm. and I'm trying to find a, a decent price one. Like I don't think needs the overpowered thing that I've got. You just need something to game on. I'm like, yeah. Hmm. What can I What can I get them for? Turns out you can get a lot for just four hundred pounds. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because I've been looking into getting a gaming laptop, something that I can do. You know, working stuff on, but something that I can load a version of Steam onto and sit and play, yeah. sit and play games on that. Because the laptop that I have just now is, I think it's a couple models below what you have, or the, yeah. what you used to record the podcast and stuff on, and it's basically just a, a notepad, a notebook with a five hundred gigabyte hard drive. Yeah. In it. It's very outdated. It does the job, but at the same time, I want something that I can play games on. Yeah. Because I tried to play the original Resident Evil 1, not the remake, the original, and it was like playing a game at three frames a second. Jeez. It was the slowest raise up to the gun, and it was a blur. You know when uh, on the original like Windows XP or something, if they if something crashed and you could drag, you could drag the thing it, yeah. up, it was like that. You could see the, sh- like the different frames that it took the person to raise the gun up. Damn. It's horrible. But I have had the laptop for about four years, and I think it might have been a couple years old when I bought it, so... Yeah. I think it's just time to get a new one out. I think a gaming laptop might be. I, I, I don't game that much on the on the go. Yeah, it's just something. It's yeah. just so I could have the option. Yeah, I think I do have a lot of free time. I do it more for the heavy duty processing power than the actual yeah. like gaming experience itself. Hmm. Although having tried to work out how to do uh, streaming properly, the uh, gaming laptop seems pretty useful just yeah. for the processing power. So mm, it's it's on the cards, hmm. but at the same time. An expensive fucking card. Yeah, it's an expensive card to play. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Um. Yeah. Uh. What, what were we talking about? Yeah, we're gonna talk about s- Resident Evil at one point. Yeah, uh, we're talking um, about uh, a. Yeah, Capcom's on a roll. Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird to say considering all the crap that they put out. Uh, say about four, three, four years ago, some of the shite that they've been dropping since then, but now they're just they're hitting out with you know big game after big game because Monster Hunter World was huge. That yeah. picked up Capcom. Capcom were on the verge of bankruptcy. Then World came in and just went, no, 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 you're good. Then Resident Evil 2 came in and just was such a huge thing. And then DMC5 is just, again, it's just helping Capcom stay afloat to the tune of, I think, 20 million copies or something that's shipped. Damn, son. That's ridiculous. Because, again, DMC5, people have been waiting so fucking long for this game. Because we had the reboot, remake, yeah. destruction... Yeah. Uh, Dev- DMC Devil May Cry which is retarded when you think of it because the full name of that game is Devil May Cry Devil May Cry <laughs> it's, it's stupid and it's a horrible game story wise and character wise gameplay wise it's not bad because it does introduce a couple of mechanics that DMC uh, Devil May Cry's 1 through 5 didn't have 1 through 5 don't have but to be honest there's a good reason why they don't need them yeah. it's cool to see them in there but ultimately they didn't need them it wasn't it wasn't completely fucking atrocious but the characters and some of the decisions that they made therein was pretty bad. Hmm. So it was good to see Capcom realising that they made a mistake, fixing it with a fucking superb game, and it's going to be cool to see what they do in the future with those characters again. Because yeah. I, I can't, I don't know how much I can say without spoiling it, spoiling it, so I'm going to leave it at that. I'll be interested to see where they're going to go with, say, Devil May Cry 6, Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil 3 Remake. 
yeah. or even subsequent remakes because they've now looked at it and said, people want remakes. People are happy with us remaking games in a different way, so we're going to keep exploring that avenue. It's weird that they wouldn't have just learned that from Nintendo. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Nintendo have been doing that for a while. Yeah. The one thing thing for this one is that it seems like it's it's gone out of its original audience. Like you're saying, people have been waiting for it, but how many people have been waiting for it? The hardcore audience is maybe, what, half a million to a million? Yeah. Those people have been waiting for a long time. But now it seems like because of the polish of this game, yeah, and because it's quite popular and quite fun to play through, I think it's now getting out into the other people. Yeah, I think other people looking at it and going, oh, that also like a good hacking slash. I'm going to pick that up. Or people yeah. are seeing Resident Evil 2 and thinking, I'm a horror fan. I'm going to pick this game up. And then they're seeing this, like the polish and the, the love that's put into this game and thinking, I'm going to look further into the series. Unfortunately, if people that play Resident Evil 2 Remake start looking back into the series, they're going to get one good game <laughs> in Resident Evil 7. Then they're going to get Resident Evil 6, <laughs> which is good from a gameplay standpoint. But the 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 story, if I can even say such a thing, is dicks. Yeah. It's horrible. Although I think most people would actually take the, the time to research. If they're coming back into... If they're going to yeah. go and research whatever's going on, they can find... Uh, find the good stuff yeah as opposed to like because that's part of what's the joy of coming to a series late is i don't go through and play every single thing if i'm going into a series that i know is like hundreds of hours of gameplay i really will go and cherry pick the best yeah i'll not fuck around and like oh trudge through number two to get to like i'm never gonna if i get if i eventually get to final fantasy or kingdom hearts i'm not fucking around with everything yeah i'm going to the good shit the the important stuff and then finishing that and being done with it if if you were asking me what kingdom hearts games you'd I'd, you would need to play I'd say play Birth by Sleep because it's the best example of the game right say play one just to see where Sora starts two then three just basically play because the way I see it, Birth by Sleep is Kingdom Hearts 0 mm. that starts the, the story then play one two and three don't bother with all the side stuff don't bother with all that if you just wanted the good games stick with the main four I was laughing my ass off I texted you about this because uh, I was watching a, a game time with uh, from Rooster Teeth mm. and it was uh, Bernie Gus Ashley, I think it was Chad, uh, who was, they were talking about uh, the Kingdom Hearts storyline, because that's, that's what they do, they just sit there and they watch somebody play a game, talk about that game a little bit, the gaming news, and just have a little chat, and also it's quite casual, it's quite laid back, it's good to just kind of throw on, on another screen if you're doing something, or if you just want some like ambient noise while you're cleaning up or like cooking dinner, hmm. and uh, they were going on about like the, trying to explain the story of Kingdom Hearts, and uh, just Bernie's exasperation is Ashley, because she knows it, she loves this series, and she's explaining everything that's going on, and it's like, fucking hell, honestly, it's like you're playing Wikipedia, there's just so yeah. much that's there, but that's the greatest description of Kingdom Hearts I've ever seen. I think, uh, I, I can't remember how to pronounce the name, I think it's Nomura, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, the guy who writes Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think he just lost sight of the story. <laughs> kind of along the lines of do you know you, you know well, obviously you're right high as fuck let's yeah, be honest that you know, storyline is you know the story you know the Five Nights at Freddy's games yes I think it's along the same lines as that obviously not to the same degree because the guy who wrote and made the Five Nights at Freddy's games had a, an idea then just fucking let loose yeah. he doesn't even know where that is I think with Tetsuya Nomura he left such a long gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 all the subsequent games and then 3 there's so much in there that it's so easy to lose track of the story. He just started trying to stitch things together, like thinking, "Did I mean this or did I mean that?" Or fuck it, let's just see what let's see what happens. And I think even in interviews, Tetsuya Nomura st- uh, said, 
Oops. That the story's <laughs> not finished. Pretty much, yeah. He said that the story's not finished. He's going to have to finish it with DLC and maybe additional cutscenes that he's going to add in. And basically, he's come out and said that a Kingdom Hearts 3.5 is inevitable in right. the sense of we're going to get Kingdom Hearts 3 again, but it's going to have the additional story content that we needed to get the full experience the first time. Because right now, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a solid 8, just right. in terms of gameplay. Story-wise, it kind of chugs some gravel. But right. to build it up to maybe a 10 out of 10 game, it, it needs something else. It needs that little bit extra. I think it also needs a 4. I think the, it's way... The two-point-something games yeah. went way too far. Yeah, definitely. Somebody should have just sat somebody down and said, where is 3? Yeah. And I think that somebody will see how good 3 was, like a solid, definitive release like 3, Yeah. and say, okay, that was 3... The story will continue in four. Yeah. You can have one or two DLCs, one or two optional bits. Hmm. But motherfucker, you're making four. Yeah, I think four's an inevitability. I think he's he needs to do four. Yeah. Because there's so many loose ends and things that never got answered in three that need to be answered in four. Yeah. And the the secret ending or the secret movie, the the post credit scene. Right. Leads on air. A KH four. The secret movie. I'm sorry, yeah, that fact. That's yeah. This game's so intense as a secret movie at the end of it. Fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. It's a <laughs> fucking movie. But I think the DLC is going to resolve a few of the the loose ends in three. But ultimately, I think four is an inevitability, and I don't think he's going to leave it for three years or ten years again. I think he's going to be two years and he's going oh, to be in cage four. At this point, but he couldn't. There's no way he's going to get away with, you know. And just to thirteen just, years. Just to like pimp this video again, Barry Kramer's a good enough summary of Kingdom Hearts. It's still one of my favourite things I've seen this year. Nice. Just a half hour of him being like, Okay, here we're gonna finally fucking explain this bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and just feeling him die gradually inside you through the video, it's brilliant. Uh but yeah, I'd just just put out four. Just Yeah, just just give us four. The only acceptable way to have it last like a ten year another ten year hiatus would be to have them do like a Toy Story where you age with the characters. Yeah. And then you're like, Sora's now like in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Sora's now using... Or just put it in the future where Sora's using his keyblade as a walking stick. <laughs> Back in my day, we killed Heartless. Dude, no one knows what the Heartless are anymore. He's just a bit overweight. <laughs> He's got to lose He's got a punch. <laughs> like, dude, the keyblade war might happen at any minute. Yeah, but pastries, man. Yeah, but I got bacon. There's <laughs> custard... Inside the pastry. <laughs> Do you know what creme brulee is? Motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> um, I just wanted to quickly uh, drop a, some rumours that have been going around the internet. Uh, Dragon Ball Super may be getting some more episodes. I have heard that there's some new character. Like, we're, we're almost confirmed for, like, another, like, chunk of the anime to happen. Because there's another chunk of the manga has been done. I'm down with that. Purely because... The way that Dragon Ball Super ended, it felt like... I mean, it was a good ending. The way they did it, it was good. You can tell that they... You kind of get the sense that they wanted to continue on. Yeah. Because, fair enough, the Universal Tournament arc set up that this was going to be Goku and Vegeta's toughest fight yet, but you kind of get the sense that this was going to lead on to something else. Because there was no really... There was never really any high stakes for it. Fair enough, the fate of the Universal... Was I was going to say, like, no, no high stakes... Fate of the Universe and all that shit. But Zeno's going to wipe the universe. You could, tell, you could tell because he was some man judge. He was never really going to fall through. Yeah. There was always that sense that... Because like, I kind of figured it from this very first fight in the Universal Tournament arc, I thought, whoever wins this, they're either going to wish for all their universes back or 
Zeno's just going to bring them back anyway. Yeah. This is just this is basically just one big fight for the Super Dragon Balls. It's yeah. just it's just a, a test your integrity type thing. It's it's more to do with just introducing Goku to the like the cosmic yeah. universe. Of the idea that there's more than one universe out there, yeah. and there's more to do. Yeah. And I when Goku was, learns stuff like that, he's like, "Ooh, more fighting!" Yeah, I kind of thought it'd be oh, like Jiren was the strongest thing that I fought in the tournament arc, but he's the weakest thing cosmically. So that, let's let's because well, we've we've went Goku. He's went high his highest power humanly. Now he's trying to you know peak God. What's happening if he goes peak cosmic? Yeah. <laughs> just let's keep building that up. But uh, yeah, there'll be apparently more Dragon Ball Super coming uh, or being made for July 2019. It's not far away. No, I'm done with that. But character development, uh, uh, the character designer from Broly is coming on board to do the like character designs for the show. Nice. So if you like that kind of off blue oh, design for Vegeta, it's coming back in a big way. The guy that drew some of the fight scenes for Dragon Ball Super Broly is a guy called Yuya Takahashi. He's got the more kind of definitive lines and stuff. Yeah. You've seen him, especially when Vegeta was fighting Broly, when he goes uh, red. Yeah. Super Saiyan God. That is Yuya Takahashi, and he drew some of the best episodes of Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. You can tell that he does, he, he's got a very manga type style. Mm. Like, because everything's more definite, everything's like, kind of like bold, solid black lines. I'd be down. If it is him, I'd be way down for that. Uh, but no, apparently there's a lot of staff coming over from the Super um, movie, like the Broly movie, to help out with the, uh, the new series. Two fucking months to get. <laughs> Not happy with that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to it because it's uh, supposedly the Galactic Patrol prison escape. Oh. So I think if I remember what I read correctly, I've not actually hadn't read the manga, but if you uh, read into it, Vegeta and Goku kind of have to join the Galactic Patrol. Oh, right. To help, like, because they want to get involved to help out to fight people. Cause so they have to join the the Galactic Police Force. Yeah. So more Jacko. <laughs> I'm down with Jacko. I'm with Jacko. I'd be yeah. okay with Jacko. Todd Abercorn just running around being a little like space weasel. <laughs> <That's pretty cool. laughs> so yeah, um, there's going to be. Uh, I'm just looking at. Oh yeah, it was mostly just I had notes about it saying like the the pre production is already in place, oh. so it should hopefully negate the issue where like Dragon Ball Super was like and go make Super. And they just like kind of threw it against the wall and like yeah. told people to make it stick, um, and that's why we got like sort of bad start to the yeah, super series. Poor animation, which is a real shame because they were reanimating scenes from the movies, which yeah. were phenomenal in the movie. That's why I don't watch those uh, original arcs because if I've got the Resurrection F and Battle of Gods movie there, yeah, why would I watch a kind of different, badly drawn version? Yeah, I need to sort it where I like because I thought my um, DVD. Or my Blu-rays would start at the beginning of the uh, Universe 6 and 7 arc. Hmm. But I'm one off, so I need to go back and buy one of the previous ones to get that part. And right. then go from there forward. But those are just being made. All so right. it's like, I want to try and buy them in chunks. All so right. I, I want to buy like two Blu-rays at the same time and just binge them. Because you can't just have one. Yeah, you can't have one. Yeah. You, you burn through one fairly quickly. Yeah. That's, that's, like a, that's like an afternoon. It's an afternoon of just giving up on the couch. It's great. Speaking of giving up on the couch. Oh, go on. Poorest segue of all time. Here comes a new challenger. Here comes a new challenger. We're here with my story, not Dom's. My story. That my, st- my story. <laughs> no, we we found out we had the same story. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, hey, we're doing uh, Here Comes the new Challenger today. And Dom's like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're totally going to do it. I've got, I've got this thing with Dragon Ball, G- Dragon uh, Ball Fighters. Fighters news. I'm like, yeah, I got a story about Fighters too. 
Well, you got about fighters. Then nah. we've got the same fucking story. Yeah, we've got the exact same story. God Tur- damn it. Turns out the new character, the new downloadable character that's joining uh, the Great Saiyaman and Jiren and Dragon Ball Super Broly and uh, Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta is going to be GT Goku. But not <laughs> GT Adult Goku, GT Kid Goku. So, of all the people... Of all the Gokus, to add to this already heavy Goku game... Kid Goku from that game that doesn't from that show that doesn't exist. Technically. <laughs> yeah. Although they might be working it in somehow. I don't know. They better fucking not. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's been a long uh like kind of awaited thing of like I wonder what it's gonna, what it's gonna be and we just had to just reveal that it's it's that. Although I do like that yeah. it came from the back of like the a current like manga publication. Yeah. It was just like a Japanese like as a scan of the this went up. Everyone's like, Oh my oh, oh why? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you? Why? <laughs> a lot of the response was. A lot of the response was. Um, this game has so many Goku's in it already because you've got you've got base level Goku, you've got Super Saiyan Goku, you've got Goku Black, you've got uh, Super Saiyan Blue Goku, uh, you've technically got another two Goku's in uh, Gogeta and Vegito. Mm. <laughs> Bardock, it could be argued as a Goku. There's so many fucking Goku's in the game, and then people are people aren't angry at the fact that there's going to be another Goku in the game. People are angry at the fact that it's going to be that Goku that's in the game. That motherfucker. Because uh, there's already a rumour going around that his level 3 super combo is going to be a transformation super where he goes Super Saiyan 4. Oh no. And I don't want that. Nobody <laughs> wants that. Nobody want, People would rather forget that Super <laughs> Saiyan 4 exists, but the fact is the woman that is directing the game is a fan. Yeah. And she's putting it in there. And I get Dragon Ball Fighters. it's all about honouring the entire legacy of Dragon Ball Z, warts and all. Yeah. That means we have to include GT in there. I swear to fuck, he better be the only GT character in there. Because if we get GT Goku, then all of a sudden, baby Vegeta. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> goodness, guys, another Vegeta's coming. Oh, no. No, don't you dare. <laughs> and we got some good news. Oh, no, don't you dare. It's baby Vegeta. <laughs> Everyone's favourite Vegeta. And there's just a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> And his level three supers, he turns into baby, like giant ape, baby Vegeta. <laughs> Don't you dare! It was such a weird looking thing. It was giant golden gray ape with massive Power Ranger type shoulder yeah, pads. It was, the stu- it was the weirdest idea I've ever seen. Yeah, GT was the weirdest fucking idea everyone's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Other than that, any other fighting game news? Yeah, I mean, there's there's Mortal Kombat news, but I did realize uh, when I was listening back to the sh- listening back to the show from the last time we recorded. That I'm sitting talking about all these different characters coming to Mortal Kombat. I've never played a Mortal Kombat game before, so I can't see. Oh, dude, we're getting we're getting Jax Briggs, we're getting Liu Kang, we're getting Kung Lao, we're getting Katana, we're getting Shang Tsung. I've never played these these characters before. I can't see if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I get that Liu Kang is pretty much synonymous with Mortal Kombat. He's kind of the the Ryu, almost well, almost kind of the Ryu if you consider Scorpion another type of Ryu character. He's, he's a poster character. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that they're coming to the game, but I don't really, I can't really say, oh, this character plays this way, this character plays that way, because I don't know. So Mortal Kombat is going to be, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is going to be my first Mortal Kombat game, and the beta for that goes live tomorrow. So I should get my code for that tonight, hopefully. Oh, nice. So I'll be able to download it and play it tomorrow. Uh, you had something else from, uh, like, f- gaming, uh, like fighting games. Yeah, yeah. I think... It's been a slow, apart from Mortal Kombat, just going, hey guys, have all these fucking characters. Uh, Smash Bros are still kind of, you know, putting their hand up at the back going, we're giving you a Joker within the next four weeks. It's going to be out in April sometime. 
April sometime. <laughs> my favourite time of year. <laughs> I, I think they go for it with it being Joker. Yeah. April 1st. Yeah. Just to fuck with people. Just to fuck with people. Just, or just announce it, then fake the announcement, and then actually, actually give them a... Yeah. Like, have it come out early in the morning that is going to come out. Crush that by mid-afternoon, and then by, like, the evening, actually release it. Yeah, actually see Andy's live now, yeah. yeah. See if you can, like, beat... Like, just flood the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. With nothing but Joker. <laughs> nothing but Joker is now it's Mars. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, he's, um... I wonder who he's going to play, though. Like, because Persona 5 is a bit darker. Yeah, Persona 5 is... It's not your typical Nintendo-friendly uh, character. Obviously, you've got quite a few brutal characters in there already because you've got, you know, Bayonetta, who's infamous for, you know, torture techniques and stuffing enemies into the mouth of a giant demon and yeah. shit like that. And then you've got Snake, who snaps people's necks. <laughs> then you've got Kirby, who eats people whole. So <laughs> if you don't think that's dark, think about it. Yeah, if you don't think that he holds them in a galaxy that is within his stomach in an endless cycle of pain that they cannot break from, you're insane, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and occasionally he'll spit somebody out. Occasionally someone else will come in, but you won't be able to see them. You'll just hear them, hear their screams from across the vast cosmos that is Kirby's stomach. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the void. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fan fiction. Someone probably has wrote, uh, written that fan fiction. That's called Vor, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> the fetish where you are eaten for yeah. some reason. Apparently, quite big in the Sonic community. Yeah, the, the Sonic community is its own special, yeah, it's, yeah. special beast. Yeah, it's, it's its own short bus. <laughs> Furries in general are uh, becoming more and more... The, everyone's a bit more aware of the furries. Yeah, the, they're showing up at more cons in Scotland. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> uh, I just mean, like, people, like, it seems like Reddit went through a period of, like, ignoring them, and then, like, the next generation comes in, and you're like, hey... Why does somebody talk about this furry thing? Now it's all anyone can yeah. talk about. It's, what I don't get is, it, it may not sit well with me. I just think it's a bit weird that you dress up in these weird furry costumes and you, you all pretend to be animals. What I get, what I don't get is why you would dress in these heavy as hell costumes in the middle of summer, particularly in Scotland where our summers get hot. Obviously yeah. not to the degree that, you know, other places like... But you, it, it spikes out of control. What yeah, we're we get expecting. warm, especially... Because in May, we there's a couple of cons here where, where the most of the f- people in the furry costumes tend to be. I've seen people just pass out. <laughs> like, literally, like, fall down. They're like, oh, but I spent so much time in my costume. Like, Motherfucker, you are going to pass out if you keep wearing this heavy, heavy costume. Like, pick a new costume. I just don't get how they're banging them. Yes, they're banging them. Use the tails. They reverse. <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the tail is also a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they touch tips. So my favourite uh, like Jessica Nika video is that somebody sends her uh, a furry tail but with a butt plug in the end. <laughs> and she runs through with it and shows it to her dad. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Jessica Nika. She's a fucking... Did she, she still do the videos? Like, I don't know. On Mondays and I, stuff? I need to go check. I know she's been busy. Yeah. Uh, with like a lot of cons at the end of last year and then like she was taking some time off. So I'm not sure what's going on but like yeah. I... I miss her. <laughs> I guarantee she's one of those people that needs to watch what she does at cons because she's another one of those kind of like grabby, like just very overly affectionate type of people. Yeah. I get that it doesn't help that she's what like, leggy blonde with huge cans. <laughs> she probably get away with it but at the same time there's still going to be some sweaty nerves just going, you didn't ask if you could touch me. 
what are you complaining about? <laughs> Some McDow guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a weird McDow intel guy. Actually, I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't, before we do the showstopper, if uh, we don't mention the whole uh, New Zealand Christchurch mosque shoot. Yeah. I think it was 50 dead now in total, 49 yeah. initially, and then another guy passed in uh, hospital. Mm. The fucking worst thing I've seen. Yeah. Uh, as far as like it's it's up there with the Orlando uh, nightclub shooting, um, yeah. Where it was it happened to the gay community in Florida, yeah. And then all of a sudden we have this uh, like absolute cunt of a human being. Yeah. Did you uh, see that? Um, somehow PewDiePie got roped in this. Yeah. At one point um, the guy says uh, subscribe to PewDiePie, then yeah. starts. And that's the thing is that because this guy is just a, sh- a piece of shit human. Yeah, he's he a is, wasted like human wasted garbage. He's, as per usual with these things, he's been identified as a white nationalist incel, Trump supporter. He actually, in his manifesto, praised Trump as being this kind of resurgent symbol for white identitarianism and has uh, been all over the news because he has deliberately marketed himself to be as hateable as possible. Mm. He was uh, showing up in court. They've bored his face. Actually, New Zealand's taken a very good stance on blocking his name out. Yeah. To the point where I had to look for like an hour to try and find the guy's actual fucking name. Yeah, they did say um one of the one of the sort of press releases, I think the Prime Minister who's She denounced it in Parliament. Yeah. She says she's not gonna yeah, do she's n- she's not gonna give him yeah. the, the press or the the the, uh, the attention he the attention, wants. thank you. The attention that he clearly wants. He's just they're basically just gonna have a complete media blackout on his name, which I think is the right thing to do. Yeah. Because th- the whole thing is you mentioned this guy's name. The guy gets the attention that they, the person gets the attention that they want. If you just and the blank, next guy sees that, yeah, next guy sees that and thinks, oh well, that guy's getting you know all this attention because of it. I'm going to try and do something similar, and it just creates this kind of almost it's a horrible way to put it, but this kind of one-upsmanship. Like, well, he did that. I'm going to do. That. I'm going to do it better. And I, more people are yeah. going to know my name. I think you'll find like if you look into deep enough in the manifestos, guys, because the guy who did the Christchurch massacre has. Uh, idolized the guy who did the massacre in norway a couple of years ago hmm. and he actually was in contact with friends of that guy to try and like that he was part of a, a, a white nationalist movement up there he contacted other people in that guy's group hmm. uh, of associates uh, to get blessings for what he would what he did in uh, christchurch and it's fucking shocking and the fact that yeah he's glommed onto all these weird internet concepts and memes and stuff like yeah. that and he's using them as he's gunning down men, women, and children. Yeah. In the worst terrorist attack. This thing is, it is a terrorist attack. Yeah. There's, there's no way you can say, oh, this is this is just a, a regular shooting. No, this is a terrorist attack. This is people. Because if it was a, if it was a church, I still I don't think that would change anything. It's the fact that it's a mosque. Yeah. That's that's motivated. It's a terror. It's yeah. It's, it's a someone attack. using violence. Yeah. And terror to achieve political and you know societal change. Yeah the textbook definition of terrorism so there was the, the footage that came out of it because he was live streaming it from a gopro he put on a helmet yeah um went up on facebook apparently people have managed to grab that and spread it around the internet and uh, his uh manifesto has been spread around it's actually kind of 50 or 50 on reading it or not because it's 77 pages yeah, personally, my guy can look that far in the void for seventy-seven pages, but I didn't go yeah. through with it yet. I, I don't think I would. I wouldn't put myself through that just because I don't want to. I don't want to understand what his reasoning is 
for doing something like that because then that in my mind cements the fact that this person has thought about it this isn't uh, this is there's the, a logical path you can yeah. follow that leads to you yeah, gunning there's down there's a sanity kids. to it it's just this guy has sanely thought I'm going to do this this and this and this is going to give me this outcome I don't want to see this person's working because in my mind the only way that I can kind of rationalize the only way that I can look at this without I'm trying, what's the best way to put this I can only really view this as you know this is the no logical person could come at this. Yeah. This is the work of an insane yeah, mind. Yeah, this is the work of an insane mind, a clearly unstable mind. But if it shows, if the working is there, it would kind of mess with my head a little bit. Yeah. So personally for me, I'd just like, I'd just almost kind of write them off. Yeah. Because when, I think that's all you can really do. Because if you start humanizing them, then that kind of leads to, you know, sympathy and that kind of leads to people thinking, well, maybe it's not his fault that he did this. Maybe it's society's fault. And then no, because that guy's clearly committed a terrorist atrocity. Yeah. Don't, trying to detract from that so i think that's why i would probably not read the manifesto i mean that's um it, it seems like everything's been handled as well as it could so i mean congratulations to new zealand on handling this issue like a fucking adult country should yeah i think i think they had the right way of in a sort of controlling it just by putting a blanket ban on automatic weapons yeah i think it's the, they're, uh, they're doing the whole thing of like just bring them down yes yeah. you're not breaking the law at this point but come in Drop off your weapons. We'll destroy them, yeah. and then we'll put in place a ban that bans. Yeah. The, I think there's already one in place banning the sale. And the thing is, their national, their like NRA, is okay with it. Mm. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's provisions that allow certain pistols and uh, small caliber, so twenty two rifles. Yeah, for uh, like pest control. Yeah, for it's, farmers. Yeah, farmers and that kind of like a shotgun or something like that. There's common sense gun control laws that are being put in place yeah i think it also helps that it's not constitutional i think because there's something in the constitution that says you have the right to bear arms in times of crisis in america oh for the u.s it's yeah. the right to bear arms for the means of uh funding or for the means of forming a well-regulated militia to overthrow government tyranny i don't think it's ever been used like that yeah i, don't I really don't think I've, it has been. i don't think it's even relevant now i mean people might start deeming it relevant and yeah if the problem things, is things that trump keep going the way they are the problem is that the way it's written, it is an unalienable right that cannot be tampered with in any way. Mm. So the fact that technology has marched forward from carbine, from like muskets and single shot rifles to machine guns means that the battle is now not over the right to access any firearm. It's the right to access current firearms. Because, mm. for example, if you had five rifles when it was a single shot rifle, that's pretty much practical in a way. You know, yeah. that makes sense. Whereas now you really do you need five AK forty sevens? Yeah, you need five AR fifteens to yeah. protect, defend your property. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's the issue that they're facing a lot now. Is not so much the number of guns, although apparently there's not the point of there being a gun for every person in the US, Jesus. and probably more now, mm. um, since that's like a stat from like a year or two ago. Um, there's now you know, it's the technology that becomes the issue, and that's this guy walked in with a fully automatic weapon. Yeah. I think, because there was the attack in Christchurch, and then there was a subsequent attack in Holland, Denmark. Yeah, there was a guy jumped onto a bus and unloaded a semi-automatic gun yeah, I into think a, a bus. I think there was three fatalities there. Yeah. So I think it's not something that I'm going to say I have the solution for, but it, it's all down to the, rel- the relevant states. But if it was me that was, that was dealing with it, 
I think a blanket ban on any and all firearms, unless you are military or armed response, is probably the way to go. Yeah. But I get there's politics and there's other things in there that I am not going to wade into. Yeah, but it's it's horrific and the numbers are adding up. The, I mean, there's more yeah. firearms related violence and firearms related fatalities each year. So I, th- I personally think there's just something that needs to be done, but the problem is that nobody wants to demonize white nationals. Yeah, and you're like, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, how much smoke before we before we scream yeah. fire? And it's uh, it's. It, I think at this point it's not. It's a mental health issue at this point. Like it's a it's a not just within like a certain country. Mm-hmm. Like the internet has opened the door between thousands of different cultures. And they are all trying to interact with each other. And unfortunately, we're not addressing the issue of the idea that there's this white nationalist international identity spreading. Like, it doesn't matter where you're from, in a way, as long as you're white. Hmm. And that's a weird thing that there's like international cooperation from people who only want you to have been from a certain national geographic area. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's a, a weird one. paradox. I, I don't know. I, I did, Fuck knows how to fix this one, but yeah, if if we can just send out the the best uh, wishes from our little podcast to yeah. the entire country of New Zealand, which is handling this like fucking grown ups. Yeah, they're they're definitely it's the more seems quite pretentious to say, but it's the more evolved way to handle things. Yeah, because I mean, if you contrast that with the Brexit one, it's just literally oh, Jesus. We're literally, not doing that one. No, all, all I'm going to say is Theresa May's entire stance is just. You didn't back me when you had the chance. Now you are all fucked. I'm like, well, don't be a petty son of a bitch and let's fix this thing that you got us into. Yeah, the uh, but the, let's not go down that avenue because my head will explode if that, someone says Brexit. That would one be a time. separate podcast. Yeah. We're at three hours. Yeah, so I mean, we'll leave Brexit for some other time. But uh, <laughs> I think it's time for the showstopper. Yeah, this one's at least kind of funny in a in a really bad dark way. <laughs> in a dark way. Um, so you're we're all geeks here. Yeah, I'm assuming. I'm assuming, uh, the listener included. <laughs> what would you do if I just went? You know, dude, I'm faking this. <laughs> I, I, I'm I have never read a you. single comic book. Lord of the fucking Bellends. He <laughs> <laughs> needs Frodo. Maybe Frodo. I got a ring. Chuck it into the fire. You be dick. We Dane. Use the eagles. Um, <laughs> Fly your cunt. <laughs> and there's a weird thing with the geeks that we keep collecting crap we don't need. True. Uh, see, for example, any room in any house <laughs> owned yeah. by a geek. Funko Pops. Uh, so the, the thing from this story is that I mean, the worst thing that can happen is that you spend time and money investing in like not only collecting, but presenting the uh, the collection that you have so that anyone who comes in goes, oh, there's, there's something to this collection. You've spent time and money and effort on this. Just a collection of butt plugs or something? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the, this is a Japanese man who had his, um, he was helping out with a family funeral and his uh, his nephew came over as they were, they were bidding farewell to their grandmother and the family was staying at his place to like kind of help save the cost because they had to travel from out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he left the kid in the collection room. The kid trashed the place. Yeah, uh, he has, and it's an impressive collection. It's all in like glass cabinets with like top down LED lighting. It looks legit. Yeah, it's nice. Amazing. Like a proper museum. Uh, he was shocked to find the room had turned into a mess when he returned from the funeral. Uh, some of the collectibles found scattered across the living room. So the kid took him out of the cabinets. 
walked over to him and went, yeet. Threw <laughs> <laughs> them all over the place. Uh, so, I'm trying to find the, the list of how much was. Uh, all 38 figurines, 41 limited edition, uh, well, limited edition action figures, 9 sets of DVDs, 33 CDs, 45 comics, and a computer were damaged. Jesus Christ. What was the, does it say what the collection was? Uh, it looks there's like a mix of Gundam. It's all like anime. It's in Japan. It's all right, like, yeah. It's just it's a, it's an impressive collection. There's a lot of Gundam in there. Yeah. Um, but it's it's from like to be fair, those Gundam kits are fucking expensive. So yeah. I'd be pissed off as well. Uh, the total cost was estimated to be at least three point one four million yen, U.S. dollars. That's about twenty eight grand for us. That's about twenty two grand. Jesus Christ! I'd make the kid pay. I'm <laughs> not going to fucking lie. <laughs> yeah, it's getting worse. Oh, shit. Uh, so Did he shit in the box? <laughs> this was the estimated damage. Once he actually went and did a bit of research um, so he could prevent like a real estimation of what was lost, uh, based on Amazon prices, the total came to 4 million yen, 35 grand, 35.7 grand US, which, if I remember correctly, totals out to about 28 grand for us in the UK. Um, because like this has to be handled in a certain way, like, initially the kid was obviously told off. Yeah. Understandably. <laughs> um, it seems that he, like, may have to sue to make sure that, like, the full legal compensation is, like, fulfilled. And for, like, so he insurance purposes. <laughs> so, I, if I remember correctly... Like, I know you're sad that Gran's dead, but you little motherfucker owe me £28,000. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> he has received some compensation, so he may have to uh, file lawsuits against his own cousin. Jesus, or what was the cousin again? Uh, it, it, what, it just says a kid, like so. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't actually name it. Like how old the kid is. Um, like there's no like name or identification or anything like that because it's a kid. Hmm. Um, but like, I'm gonna guess it's like a tall. I'm guessing it's like eight. Yeah. Old enough to old enough to know what old, it was doing. Old enough to know how to unlock a cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Not old enough to know why it's behind a glass door. <laughs> so yeah, there was twenty eight grand worth of damage done by a little shit. <laughs> I can see why. I, knowing someone that I mean, my older cousin has probably the biggest collection of yeah, just figures, movie memorabilia. Yeah. I knew that always knew that when I went rented their my uncle's house for like a family dinner or something. When I went into my big cousin's room, it was always just look, never touch, because some of the shit that he has was signed by people that are no longer on this planet. Yeah, we like, cannot replace we this. We cannot touch that. If you break this, rip this, destroy this, that cannot be replaced. You have forever damaged a one-of-a-kind item. So I was always kind of, I was always that child that would just look at the cool things, like, oh, there's an Optimus Prime signed by Peter Cullen. Just have to sit on my hands and look at it. That, I'm just showing this to Dom. That's the before collection. I can't zoom, you can't zoom in on it. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. You've got a capacitor screen. So. Uh, all I'm going to say, there's a, there's a lot of uh, what looks to be hentai figures. Well. A lot of ladies that bend at the waist. <laughs> I'm just saying, Japan, it's really weird that you put the underwear on them. That's a thing. You is the one below, is. is that the aftermath? Yep. Jesus Christ. Kid. Fuck that kid, right? That is a lot of broken Gundams. <laughs> it's a lot of broken shit. And it is little. It is... When you say that, when you like, if you have a kid or you're babysitting for like your yeah. cousin and they're like, I'm going to go play with my toys. You're like, okay, fine. You leave for like five minutes. You come back. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just shit everywhere. 
in piles in different pieces. Like nobody knows where different things go. <laughs> There's a cowboy hat and a cat for some reason. <laughs> Just nonsense. But yeah, that's uh, it's horrific. We'll try and send the link out to people so they can read that article as well because it's phenomenal. <laughs> Fuck that kid. <case. Yeah. laughs> I know a few people that are heavily, heavy, heavy collectors of this the same stuff, anime stuff that they import from Japan. That I know for a fact that are going to either keep in high shelving or just in boxes where they cannot be found. Yeah. So I know for a fact those people are trying for kids. <laughs> so Ooh, mistakes. Just keep it, keep it hidden or leave it. If you move into a new house, leave it at your parents' house. You can have a waifu or you can have a laifu. You cannot have, you cannot both. have both. These they things will are not destroy one. each other. <laughs> yeah, that's the way of it, kids. But uh, I've been Colin Graham. I've been Dom Anderson. And we've been talking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs>